Phil, anybody else want to share? Adam, you want to talk, talk about why you voted for multiverses? You fuck with. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Welcome to the Well Played DLC podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I am Zach Jackson, joined by the lovely Adam Ryan. Ho, ho, hello. The even lovelier James Wood. Howdy. The lovely most Nathan Hennessy. Yes, welcome back, dear listener. Uh, the Western lovely Mark Isaacson. Bye, humbug. And the loveliest, Jordan Garcia. Oh, that. Welcome. Welcome to the final episode of the year. Uh, huge, huge show. Sorry we didn't have one last week, but uh, we just didn't. So that's all right. Uh, we're here now. So Real life sucks. We are here. Yeah, I mean, if, if this is the only thing that you're looking forward to in your week, I mean, you should really think things through. Anyway. Um, <laughs> just start with roasting our audience. Don't listen to uh, shout outs to Jack because he 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 was he was giving me a hard time for not having an episode, but we're here. We're here and it's gonna be massive, it's exciting. Game of the Wards. Game of the Wards. Game, Game of the Wards. We're going Game to hospital, everybody. <laughs> um yeah, no, very cool. Let's uh so how is everyone? Pretty hot over here, I'll tell you that much. Oh, I love it when we start an episode with a bit of a weather whinge. How are we doing? Yes, it's quite warm in Melbourne as well, isn't it, Zach? It's pretty toasty. Pretty, pretty toasty. toasty. 27 today, I think. 27? Oh, I know, I 28 yeah. in my neck of the woods. Roger. You think it's warm? But it's, it's 37 here. Get out. <laughs> you don't know what hot is. <laughs> I've, I know what hot is, mate. I, I've seen I'll, it. I'll preface this by saying... <laughs> I have to. I still have to wear my <clears throat> balaclava. Yes, in the mornings when I go to work. In the middle um, of December. You're still wearing your balaclava. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, Jordan, how's how's the weather up in? Uh, it's it's it's, uh, it's very wet. Uh, I'd imagine Ben Shapiro's wife is jealous, but uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a. Uh, <laughs> Lots, lots of rain happening over here to the point of flood warnings, but you know I'm okay. So, is it really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Stay safe, please. I'll try to. Someone's got to edit the podcast next year, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam volunteered, so. <laughs> Tazzy, how you going down there? Yeah, mate. It is. Cloudy and 15, so Tassie is kicking on as per usual. Oh, my usual. God. <laughs> that sounds um, amazing. I'm envious You're always of trailing behind. We'll catch Just up eventually. Watch out that UV, mate. Oh, mate, it'll get you. You'll still get, you'll still get burnt on a cloudy day. It's rough. 15 and, degrees, uh, he can still cook an egg on his bonnet. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, James, you're, uh, you're a bit sick. Uh, I am. I am. It's also really muggy outside, so it's, a, it's just a great combination of moistures for James. Mm. Yeah, right. Mm. Well, we do like it when you're moist. So let's get straight 
into the video game talk because, yeah, huge episode and we're probably going to be here till It's 8.47 now. We started late because of Jordan. We had to wait for him. Um, yeah, that's exactly it. Sorry, sorry, everyone. So, past two weeks, what's... What... Oh, I can't talk. I don't know why... I don't know. What's happened? What have people been playing over the past two weeks? That's not, uh, I don't think we have much to talk about review wise. My Need for Speed review went up seven out of 10. James, have you played much more of that? Uh, no, no, no. Pretty much just been doing high on life or vampire survivors. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I did start Pentiment. Mm. I really, really like what I've played so far. I think I've played two hours, maybe 90 minutes to two hours, but I've stopped because I want to, when Christmas comes and goes, uh, and that that week after that, I've got a week off, so I want to try and just sit down and bash through it. I've actually jumped back in. I've got back on the, uh, I'm back on the bike on Plan Days Gone. Oh, I thought yeah, he no. was going to say Riders Republic. Uh, I was see, about I to get excited. Around. I was going to order eighty eighty six again. I was like, I, really? I, I could I couldn't get around Days Gone because like I just read a bunch of like woke reviews and it killed it for me. I know, right? I thought you meant you. I just can't help. I just can't help looking at. I did. <laughs> He's finally getting <laughs> exercise. Do people still ride bikes. No, I just. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a I don't know. I just had a a craving for zombies. And some big bloke energy. Craving That's for mediocrity. It, That's it. It's actually all right. It's fun. I'm having fun. It's That's nothing good. amazing. Plus, I, I didn't finish it. So you can never ask so. for. Game's really Surprise. long, yeah. Like, I remember hearing that it's like Yeah, well, I did a review for it, and I actually had to look at the storyline at what happened because I was like, this game is way too long. It's taking me way too long to, to finish. So I cheated. I've actually forgotten what happened at, at the end. So that's really good. Nice. That's the credits. Um, Most games are so, finished. Yeah. It is a bit repetitive, but it's kind of just what I'm wanting a little bit. Just you do get that dumb. craving, don't you? I I feel yeah. a bit malnourished without my Ubisoft junk food this year. And I don't mind how it's written. Oh, sorry, no, no, sorry, not how it's written. Sorry, how it's performed. Sorry. Um, I, th- I think it's pretty. It's you know decent production so um yeah it's all right mark how about you what have you been playing uh two things mainly uh myself and uh friends of the show buddy and kieran have been going back and forth on neon white which came out on ps5 the other week uh that's been a lot of fun beating their scores over and over again uh, especially when, especially when they post going, hey, look, I got the I got the high score. This is the best. And then I just come back thirty minutes later going, no, it isn't. I so love watching good. you just crush KV's soul because every <laughs> time he's like, oh, thank God. And then it's like five minutes later, you just destroy his hopes and dreams. Well, it's been a, a thing I've, of beauty to watch. I've been at work when these posts come in, like at the end of work. So <laughs> I have that thirty minute window to drive home and then log in and do it. So they have thirty minutes of pure bliss, and then I just crush them immediately. <laughs> it's the best feeling. Mark, Mark is the the hold my beer beam. <laughs> yeah, mm. I mean in neon white and Mario Kart, I think are the only two games I'd qualify for that. I think everything else, people will kick the crap out of me. Uh, I also did load up Witcher three uh, again. Obviously, the they had the big next gen update that came out. Uh, recently absolutely gorgeous they've done a bang up job on that uh visually the frame rate and the the upgrade and the uh 4k visuals and so forth really really good so yeah smashing through that that's my uh, christmas game this year last year was hades this year which are three merry christmas 
who else has been playing the Witcher 3 next gen, current gen? I gave it a very brief tickle, more or less exactly the same as Mark. I kind of booted it up, played around with it, thought, yep, this looks really good, and then parked it for now because, yeah, it's also going to be my over-the-break game because why play new games when I can play one I've finished before? You know what? Adam, for that, you should pay 125 bucks. That's a good point. I might might just send it to Zach just just because. Do it, and then I'll buy you a copy of... The Last of Us Part 1. Homefront Revolution. Oh, I've already got right, a copy, Who mate. have I bought that for? Me, because I bought two coffees. Jesus. Two. Good man. Good man. I think I've got three or four copies of it. Top right. Party favors. Um, uh, sorry, anybody else played the next-gen Witcher thing? No. All right. Adam, anything else that you've been playing? Tekken it's 7, not, uh, weirdly enough. I, I went to a, a mate's place and oh, no. we kind of gave that a bang about. And then I went home and bought it because it's a good old time. But yeah, just Key and I playing a bit of that. That's about it, really. I think the recording's going to be fine. So we're just going to all nod and say, yeah, we know what you said. <laughs> good game, good game. Good input. Yeah. Um, uh, James, what have you been up to? Just, uh, oh no, we've, we've double... already gone to you, didn't we? Did we? No, uh, no, no, sorry. You go. I haven't really done like I mean not much outside of Vampire Survivors just for fun. Um, that game is exceptional. It's it's so much better than I ever thought it could be because I saw, I saw the art direction of it. And I was like I don't give a shit about this pixel piece of shit. Uh, and then I started playing it and now I can't stop playing it. Um, so that's been really good. Was this the first a mobile hour game? Of Shadow of I Sorry. think it is now. It was. Oh, it is. It's, it's free it is on now. your okay, okay. mobile phone. Uh, I've been playing it on the Xbox though because the the phone controls don't do much for me. Like I like the tactileness of having the controller to guide my little dude around. Uh, touch is not as responsive as I would like it to be, and I find myself obscuring the screen a bit too much. Um, Shadow of Rose DLC for Village. Uh, did the first hour of that. Had a pretty solid time with it. It's good to be back in Village. Um, that's kind of about it. Have you got to the spooky part yet? No, 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 no. Although I was in a voice chat with someone who was playing at the same time and he got to the spooky part and was like, oh, yeah, no, I get it now. Um, so I'm I'm very excited. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Very, very good. That bit's definitely uh, one of the best bits. Very keen to see what, what, what you think. Nathan, what have you uh, been dabbling in? I think at this time, yeah, this time of year, it's time to dive back into the pledges and see what has been left uncovered. And for me, it's just been dishonored too. So I've dabbled back in a little bit of Dishonored 2. I'm on the third last chapter. I'm still loving it. I still think it's an exceptional game, but it still stresses me right out. It's like... Pity for you. You still fail. Because <laughs> we are here. The oh. pledges. But it's, no, no. It, it'll be finished before the podcast no, the, 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 That's the not how it works. When the recording <laughs> you well, got whatever. There. So Regardless, at, at the end of the day... I've still had a brilliant time with it. Um, but there is... So for those that have played it through and finished it, there is on the fourth last chapter, and this is not really a spoiler because I'm being vague, but there is a cipher, a really complex... Not a complex, but there's a kind of a logic puzzle to solve. And it plays out like a cipher. And I spent no less than about two and a half hours a couple of nights back trying to wipe that out. If you don't solve it, the game can give you a pathway to solve it regardless via other means. But like, if you actually solve it based on the evidence that it gives you right up front, it's a real mind melter. So uh, I, 
man, I can't believe it. I think Dishonored 2 is absolutely brilliant, but I don't love playing it, which sounds a bit odd. Just, you know, when you really like that. a game, but yeah. you don't really want to play it, mm. it elicits a lot of stress mm. in me, that game. Jordan. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. What do you mean, Pine? Pretty much all my pledge games. And I got them all done. Last minute, again, as, as I do. Uh, I do feel like feel like I had a bit of a punishment in Horizon, though. Uh, Didn't you? Not that the game is particularly bad. I actually would have preferred a really bad game because the game is so smack dab in the middle that I'm just like... It just doesn't I'm register. Different. Like, I would rather something be, like, just egregiously bad that I can laugh at it than just something that's, like, just middle of the road because it's just like it takes forever. It's doing nothing. Um, is this Forbidden West yeah. or the first yeah, one? For- Forbidden West. Okay, that's um, very much how I felt about it too. It's like it's so. Scarlet pretty. Nexus, I smashed through, which I I did enjoy. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart was a a real real fun time. First time I really felt like, aside from maybe Returnal, that I felt like uh, the PS5 was doing something that the PS4 hadn't. Like you just felt felt like a, a different generation. Uh, and then obviously Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is just a phenomenal game, and I was up to like <laughs> almost three o'clock finishing it. It's a long game. It is a long game. Uh, I'm glad that I uh, chipped away at them all over the past few weeks while I haven't been on the podcast. So, congratulations! Did you and Eleanor? I think me and Eleanor are the only ones that beat the pledge challenge. You know where the list might be? It might be in the pledge channel. But you know what? It might be deleted because we only get like a certain amount of... Met- um, I believe that only had the punishments. Uh, no, the, only, the only list Going we from... had that I could refer to was the actual podcast. So I went back to listen to what <sighs> I pledged. I do recall Going my before pledges se- though. Yeah. Going before September has been deleted in, in, in that channel. So, so <laughs> they're gone. Whoops. Uh, so who else managed to finish their pledges? Hell no. It's a cricket noise here. Yep. Uh, <laughs> who remembers what one. their punishment was? I do, oh, actually. I should look to that, eh? Probably I, I keep, uh, I keep hoping that it... I'm just taking a guess it, at <laughs> I keep hoping Most that it shows up on Steam and it's cheap, but it hasn't gone on, on sale yet, so... I, I can recall that half of the punishments were mm. Balan Wonder, right. Wonderworld or whatever. All right. Yeah. So, two Sorry, announcements. First one is going to give myself a little reward as the only person that's actually fucking tried to play their punishments. Or if, if you know of anybody else that's actually played their punishments. Jordan hasn't anybody, needed to, in fairness. You get to wipe one of your punishment games. Right, you could have played you. You could have played Eternity out of, and then wiped Eternity. Oh, no, that shit's the gone. To play them, rather than just soak them up like everybody. So I'm gonna wipe out fucking Elix because I just can't do it, man. <laughs> that's that. <laughs> I've tried. I've, I reckon I've put like ten hours in, into that game, so I've I've tried. I really have tried. The, the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna wipe that from my punishments. Jordan, as you have completed them two years in a row and made the huge effort to do so, you get to give everybody an extra punishment next year. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, the worst person oh, to give it to. <laughs> so we all get a punishment from somebody else. 
but you get to give everybody a punishment. Now, the hope is that we actually, we hope that all of us make mm. an effort to actually finish our pledges. All right, Dad. Because no, it's pretty much been non-existent every year. It's all good fun and doing them, but no one actually ever does does them or even does the punishments. So maybe let's make a bit of an effort. I hope the listener's picking up on this strong tone of disappointment. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's the same for me. Like I've given myself. I could give him Elix multiple, back. So. Multiple chances. Oh, you fucking can do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That's good. That's very good. <laughs> so much for the first announcement. That 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 would be a plot twist. All the ring, and I ha- I haven't even had a punishment yet. This is my first one. Yeah. Well, now you get that. That's what you get for joining in the party. Like, um. So cool. Good job. Eleanor, good job, Jordan. Uh, big shout-outs to Jamie Gillia. I think that's how you say his last name, for winning the Open Critic Challenge for 2022. Woo. Massive shout-outs to Jamie for uh, collating all the scores and stuff and harassing me when I was being super lazy. Um, yeah, we'll do it again next year, and hopefully I'll be a bit more organised. But good job. I, I understand um, how to play it now, so hopefully I won't be at the bottom of the ladder this time next year. That would be good. <laughs> what, I mean... <laughs> What were you? I was like almost dead last. I was very close. <laughs> but how would you don't, you? don't you just guess what you think the scores are going to be? Yeah, but I was terrible at guessing. So now I have to better so <laughs> <right>. more calculate. <laughs> Not just so rush it and go. Oh, that'll be an eighty. That'll be eighty-two. That'll be an no. I gotta. I gotta be very, very specific now. I think okay. what you can Could've take a little thought into it. Yeah. I think what what the thing you can take away from the Open Creek Challenge is whose reviews to trust, because who's going to be on the money the most. <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> I'm just joking. So not me. That's why cool. I, uh, well, I won last year, so you know. <laughs> you know. But I finished fifth though. Fuck, that's a bit of a rob. Oh, righty, Adam, talk to us about sword shit, please. I don't know if you're frozen. Or <laughs> no, he's gone. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's just looking really sternly at the uh, at the computer screen. He is an idiot. Wow, bad boy. Someone take a screenshot of that. Oh, oh it's moved. There was there was a different frame. No, I got it. He's smiling. Hey, there he is. I'm gonna guess you were asking me to talk about swordship. I was. Yes. Yeah, ripper. Is, is your internet all right? Nope. No, it is not. Uh, yes. It's gonna be a fun edit for Joel. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's a challenge. That's what he gets for giving us all punishments next year. Um, so yes, Swordship is a little indie game that is, uh, touted as being a dodge em up. So it's kind of like a cross between an endless runner and a roguelike. If I was to throw two different genres at you. So you play as this little wipeout looking ship that's just bombing across a body of water, um, and different enemies will pop up trying to destroy you as you're collecting these little cargo packages and trying to deliver them so there'll be like little turrets um these big screen wiping beams of energy and so on and so forth so you're it's it's just like a you're chasing a high score more or less and your goal is to collect these little packages a line will go down the screen showing you where you can collect it you want to get in that line collect it and then usually 30 seconds to a minute later there'll be a drop-off point where you can drop it off and get points for doing so. Uh, The cool thing is there's no real way to fight back against the enemies. You have to pit their attacks against each other. So the turrets, you can kind of 
because they have a lock on and then you can move out of the way. So they shoot each other. Um, so you kind of have to maneuver yourself in between them to destroy the enemies without getting yourself in enough of a pickle where you're going to die. Because uh, death is, is pretty punishing. It sets you back to the start of the level. Uh, if you run out of lives, you're right back to the start. That's kind of the, the roguelike element. Once you're done, you're done. If you do make it to the end of a level with like the, the cargo packages intact, you can either submit them for score or you can give yourself a random buff. Like it'll, it'll tell you what the buff is, but it'll, it's say you get three packages, you can choose from one, two or three, whether it be like um, you draw in the collectibles easier, you have like an EMP blast, so on and so forth. And they stack as the, the game goes on. So there's the little, the roguelike element to it. Um, there's not a heap to the game. It's got a cool little soundtrack and the visuals are really appealing. Um, they're pretty minimalist, but it's very addictive. I played like 10 minutes of it, kind of got the idea, moved on for a little bit. When I went back to it, I sat down and played about three and a half hours because I wanted to beat my score. Because um, you unlock the leaderboard once you do one complete run. You get to the end of three stages and you fight a boss, then you get an overall um, an overall score. And I was like, no, 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 I can do better than that. So I kept going back and back and back. So it's it's a fun little arcade. It's very, very much like a an old school arcade game. It does have kind of an annoying RNG element to it that comes with the, the roguelike element. Um, so that's fairly annoying. And some of the progression can be a little bit stilted as well because it's based on um, like how good you can do with scoring, but it's when you, when you get to the end of a level, you can either get an upgrade, um, or you can get an extra life. So it's, it's kind of a, a weird balance of to actually get through the levels. You'll need the, the upgrades, but then, yeah, I don't know. The, the, the balance there might be a little bit off, but aside from that, I've, I've really, really been enjoying it and kind of darting in through all these different screen wiping effects looks really cool so yeah it's it's fairly cheap as well i can't remember exactly how much it is i'll give it a look up but yeah i've really been enjoying it i don't i haven't settled on a score just yet though nice very cool uh james i think you're the only other person with a review this week or does nathan have one sure. oh, nathan sent one through i can drop some words in yeah do we save save the big one for the end Save James's. <laughs> yeah. It's entirely up to you. Yeah, I reckon we Steamship. go. Go, go Adam. Uh, okay, Adam. Go Nathan first. Sure, why not? So um, just just for my own playful gratification, does anyone who can see the run sheet want to try and pronounce the game that I've reviewed? Does anyone know how to pronounce that? I would love to attempt this. Let's all try and do it. Oh, right. Oh, oh. Is it years? Yes, not eight. Oh, very, very close. Yeah, East Ys, eight. East oh, eight. Yeah. Not too bad. Good. Not too bad. Good shot, guys. Well yeah, done. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just a quick rundown on this one. So, East eight uh, came out in 2016. It's a Japanese action RPG from developer Nihon Falcom. Uh, this is a developer that I hadn't had much experience with, but tangled with recently for the pretty great Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero, which I reviewed back in October and, and thought it was a pretty pretty decent character narrative uh, for, for a pretty old PSP game. So this game here, uh, look, this is probably 
Oh, I guess what, what's this about? Uh, so just effectively, this is a castaway story. So this time after, like this is a decades running series, but this time around, the recurring protagonist, Adol Kristen, a red-haired adventuring boy. He likes to tell everyone he's an adventurer. It is his career for whatever reason. Um, so he's been washed up on a island. He's now castaway. Uh, they've been washed up because effectively a kraken-like monster has destroyed a ship as they were journeying um, to their next destination, wherever the series was taking them. So rather than being a kind of side story, this plays out somewhat similar to, in more than a few ways, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. And if you've played that, oh, okay. you probably understand some of the subtext I'm referring to there with the fact that we've washed up on an island and all is not as it seems. Uh, cut to the fast. This is a very fast-paced action RPG. It doesn't really care about um, modern design. It doesn't really care about modern mechanics, but rather it's trying to perfect the glory days of like the PS2, PS3 action JRPG. So it's very hacky and slashy. It doesn't look wonderful. It's totally fine with you to fast travel in and out like whilst you're in the midst of combat, switching out um, your party members, again, while you're in combat or battle, as this is real time, you're effectively, you know, pausing mid-slash to switch your party up, switch your gear around, play around, save. Um, I actually found it very liberating, this design. I actually made a cute little statement in my review that I consider this a bit of an anti-Dark Souls. It's a very forgiving action at JRPG. It's not too concerned with world building and you know, theme is kind of light on top, but there was a lot of meat to sink my teeth into in terms of progression, systems, games constantly introducing new gameplay elements. Whilst we're cast away on this island, there's a lot of like survival and crafting, but not in a way that feels derivative. Um, this is done in a level that we don't typically see in JRPGs. And of course, at the time in 2016, survival crafting games were all the rage, but it's done very tactfully here. So the short of it is, this game, it's the first Yeast game I've really seriously gotten into, first Yeast game. Uh, I did play the PS Vita one for a few hours. I had a lot of fun with this, the short of it is. Uh, so you're only going to be doing two main things in the game. It sets these objectives right out the gate. When you're on this island, one objective is going to be charting the island. So you've got a map, it's blank, and just as you explore the zones, you're going to be filling it in, and as you explore more um, people in your little... You'll, you'll find castaways and they'll give you rewards. But the second objective is obviously finding those castaways and building up your little uh, castaway survivor or what they call it, like a castaway village. Um, so that's all pretty cool. As a P PS5 port here in 2022, it looks all right for a game that isn't visually uh, alluring. There's no particle effects or anything like that. But on the plus side, this game has no issue with uh, loading on distance. There's absolutely no pop-in. Um, frame rate runs smooth 60, instant loads, all the things that you want to see in terms of baseline technical competency in a PS5 port. So that's all thumbs up. Thumbs down, though, a game like this where it's a lot of fast, frenetic action and hacking and slashing and a lot of uh, re reaction timing, there's almost no vibration. And so much so, I haven't played the PS4 version, but I have a sneaking suspicion that other consoles have proper vibration support for this game. The PS5 was almost woefully absent. Uh, the only time the vibration would go off, I only found discovered about five hours into the game when an enemy hit me. I was going quite well up until that point, dodging and blocking, and then an enemy hit me and I felt like the controller sort of hummed to life 
uh, it would only register, you know, one out of every, you know, so many hits. So it's pretty inconsistent, pretty disappointing. Um, but all in all, I thought this was actually quite a marvellous little title from 2016 and probably the second best action JRPG I've played this year. So it really caught me off guard for a game that is quite unassuming and doesn't look all that wonderful. It had a lot of heart, a lot of meat on the bones, had a wonderful time with it. If you haven't played it and you're into sort of more niche, less produced Japanese action RPGs, this is a must play, I would say. I gave it a lovely 8.5 out of 10. You're right. There's high praise from you given the um the litany of stuff that you have reviewed this year. Um, Indeed, this is certainly one that sort of peaked out the top and I was quite delighted. I'm gonna keep my eye on this series, particularly because there was a sequel announced for next year, just during the week, called Nordics, and they're also porting East Nine. So if I'm lucky I might get my little pause on that sometime in the middle of twenty twenty three. This art direction reminds me of uh, Chrono Cross a little bit. It's very low poly stylized. As I said, it really is trying to capture that glory days of PS2, PS3 era uh, action RPGs. But this is the first 3D outing for this series. This series has been around for, I think, almost 30 years now, if not 30 years. It's their first yeah. 3D outing in 2016. So they're behind the times, but they know how to keep the classic gameplay fresh. Very good, very good. Uh, you can check out your review on the website uh, now when this review, sorry, when this review, when, when this podcast is live. Mark, you played Melatonin. Give us a quick uh, wrap up of your thoughts of um, that. I think we, did we go through it last week? No, we didn't have a podcast. No, we didn't have a podcast last week. Um, I'll make it uh, short and sweet. I am so happy this was the last game I reviewed for the year. It was a nice, short, sort of two, three hour rhythm <laughs> game, which you can get on PC and then later on Switch next year, I hope. Um, very easy to play. The accessibility for a rhythm game is absolutely fantastic. Pretty much anyone can play it. There is a level editor in there as well. But yeah, if you want a really nice chill time, uh, nice sort of lo-fi music, uh, really easy accessible uh, rhythm uh, sections and the levels are kind of relative in terms of reality, in terms of comparing uh, this character's life as it goes through its dreams. Uh, very, very fun to play. Really, really enjoyed it. It is, unfortunately, quite short, but I won't hold out against it because it's short and sweet. As is this. Cool. And you scored it a... Uh, 8.5, I believe. 8.5. Worth it. Very cool. That review's on the website. Uh, Yeah, very nice. I think... I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway... Uh, all right, let's go to the, the the big boy. High on life, James Wood. Step mm. up, come on down. Yeah. All right. Um. So so high on life. Uh. I guess is the it's the talking gun game that everyone is I guess vaguely aware of. It's in the the zeitgeist at the moment. Uh. This is by way of Justin Roiland, who is the co-creator of Rick and Morty. He's done a bunch of other stuff as well. He's the voice of Rick and Morty. He's the Oh geez, kind of guy. You know this guy's voice. You know this guy's comedy styling. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, really yeah. Good. The the phlegm is really helping this situation. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is a, a first person shooter. Uh, I've seen a lot of people call it a Metroidvania esque uh, experience. I could not disagree more. Uh, these are relatively linear levels that you'll be going through. Um, there is some light first person platforming, um, but the 
the whole idea here is that like this is a comedy game. This is a game that's being pitched as it's going to make you laugh. It's going to make fun of video games. It's going to make fun of you for being a fucking idiot for wanting to play a video game. And I just, I, I hate it. I, I really, really did not enjoy this thing. Um, I, I wanted to. Like, I, I want to say up front, and I said this in my review as well, like, I like Rick and Morty. Like, more than most that was people good. That you have a like Rick and Morty. Yeah, right? Like, because that's the thing. Like, yes, the, the comedy is not for everybody, right? Um, my problems with High on Life... Well, I mean, yeah, it's not funny, right? So that's obviously a pretty big headline issue. Um, but on top of all of that as well, um, it's just not a fun shooter. Um, you've got really floaty, impactless uh, shooting going on because of the core conceit being the Gatlians, which are the talking guns. You get stuck with a essentially the starting pistol for the first two hours of this six to eight hour experience. Um, so it's a first person shooter that only expands its roster of weapons once every sort of hour or so. Um, and because of that, you get stuck in a lot of really repetitive combat situations using unsatisfying guns against copy-paste enemies um, in a world that is just constantly berating you with the idea that like, well, ha ha, it doesn't matter if all this is a piece of shit because that's the joke. Um, and the, the sort of thesis I come away from in my review is that like, I feel like engaging with it in a critical sense is losing the game of chicken that it's playing with me. Um, because it doesn't seem to care if I'm gonna if anyone's gonna take this thing seriously or not. And so by taking it seriously, I feel like I've already fucked up here. Um, but at the same time, this is a, you know, what, $70 product. Like this is a game that they've decided to put out there. Um, and I think just on every conceivable level, there is something wrong with this thing. Um, and yeah, I, I haven't felt this negative about a game in a while and I don't enjoy feeling this way about a game. Like I don't, like, I can see a, a level of, I'm not going to say craft. I'm going to say attempt at craft. Uh, I, there, there is a there is some effort going into this thing. Um, I think Justin Roiland is probably a good dude who probably really does genuinely love video games. There are so many references to other games in this thing. Um, but the problem with making fun of video games for being like, oh, isn't it fucking stupid? We're sending you down another corridor. Or, oh, isn't it dumb that you're going to have to fight another wave of enemies? Is that you can't make fun of those things and then just subject me to those things at the same time. Um, the joke... It's, it's, it stops being a joke at that point. And it's like, why, what are we laughing at? Who are we making fun of? Why are we sort of tearing apart gaming conventions if we're not rebuilding something in its place? Mm. Uh, and I just don't think High on Life has enough under the hood to, to do anything beyond pointing and laughing at the status quo and then just doing the status quo anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Not, not, a, not a fan. Has anyone else here played it? No, I've, no, I've I watched haven't. other people it, play it. it something... I'm like, it's okay, but yeah, yeah. It, it was something I quite anticipated playing. Now I'm getting the nervous backstep happening, you know. Because I mean, look, there are a lot of people out there that are enjoying this thing, and I think that if the humor works for you, it's probably going to carry you through this whole experience, right? Um, like I can sit here and explain that I don't think the guns feel very good. I think the platforming is is pretty flat and rudimentary. Those Metroidvania quote unquote elements from before, the guns have these like alternate fire modes, so this one gun can like uh, spit out a time portal that like slows something down. So now you can slow down the fans in these different areas and jump through and grab a collectible. But that's a, that's the extent of it, right? Like there's no real exploration to much of it. You see everything as soon as you get into a level like oh well i just i'll get that later because i can get that later 
but there's no, to me, a Metroidvania requires like a sense of discovery uh, and like a, a path pushing forward. And this is just, you can get a couple more credits to upgrade one of your guns to give it slightly more damage, but not any more impact in the world. Um, yeah, yeah. There's also a talking knife that uh, have a real, oh, yeah, have a real sword sore issue with. Um, so I, I would argue that this thing is like the game's best mechanic. Um, you know, it's it's your standard. Uh, I think push in the I don't know, one of the buttons and you, you stab dudes if you're close enough to them. Uh, a lot of the guys are wearing armor, so it like tears away at part of their armor first. Then you have to stab them again to kill them. It also doubles as your grappling hook, and it works well. It feels good. It's it's fun to use. It's enjoyable. The knife also talks, uh, and this knife, your introductory scene to it. It is being sold on the black market by two gay dudes. And then you pick the knife up and it's like, let's kill these cocksuckers just immediately. And it's without a sense of understanding of what it's even maybe doing in this scene. But there are several jokes throughout the game that are very specifically like, ha ha, these are gay people jokes. And uh, I just think it's on top of being just a boring game and being unfunny. It's a bit tasteless to me as well. Um, so yeah, not a fan. I think you caught me with that statement where you summed up what is effectively mean-spirited humour. This is going back, but, like, when you were talking about the game's going to force, you know, another menial fight on you or stick you on another, like, hallway, and you're already rolling your eyes, but the game's, like, ha ha you, like it's laughing at you. You're not laughing yeah. with it. Um, exactly. That, that shits me. I, I've had a few issues with a couple of instances in Borderlands games quite similarly with that. I'm like, it's not mm. fun. You know it's not fun. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Exactly. If you're smart enough to know it's not an enjoyable experience, why are you doing it anyway? And if, if that core tension could actually be interesting and funny. Um, but again, this game isn't smart enough to do anything with it. It just subjects it to you for eight hours anyway. Um, and then attempts this kind of weird, vaguely sincere ending that's just totally at odds with everything else in the game because you're being told the whole time that like, fuck you, none of this matters, you're a piece of shit, everyone sucks, blah, blah, blah. It's that nihilism bullshit that like, I actually enjoy in Rick and Morty because it's sifted through like a 20 minute script that's been tightened by other writers and it, it works in that. Um, in this, it's just this deluge of bullshit and at the end, it tries to be like, oh, and the power of friendship. Like, nah, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this. So what he, score he, did yes. you slap on this game? I mean, all right. Well, we started at a three, but as I'm talking. Three? <laughs> yeah, no, but look, we're, we're going with a three. Damn, so not as good as our <laughs> High on life and low on review score. Damn. All right. Xbox will be very, very, uh, very big fans of ours. Um, yes, not a fan. Squanch mm. that score. Well, I, I think this is the, yeah, the advantage. Squanch. This is the advantage of Game Pass showing again. Like, even though it's going to be a low-reviewed game or a middle-reviewed game for a lot of people, because it's on Game Pass, people are still going to play it. So it's a win, mm. even then, for Microsoft. I think that's again like an advertising of how good that program can be, giving people the opportunity to play mm. stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, look, like, I'm, I'm glad it's on Game Pass because I don't think you should be paying for this thing necessarily. Mm. Um, and look, it, it's a good thing to have on Game Pass. It's a big release. It's kind of like rounding out the year. Like, I understand its place in the market and everything. Um, and on paper, this thing should work. It just really doesn't for me. Um, I'd be really curious to see how anyone else feels about it if you pick it up. Oh, well, mate, you've, uh, you've sold it to me. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to play this now. Yeah, so you is. Um, is anyone actually going to... It's on Game Pass, so who else is going to tackle it? 
I think I should give it an hour just because it has been so polarizing. I want to peer in on the conversation, but I, I do not see it being good, something good I finish. Food. Like that's good time wasted. thought, considering uh, the the thing I was just gifted earlier this podcast to give you all punishments. You know, I can add that to the list of potential punishments. Is it on? <laughs> is it on Game Pass PC as well, or is it only on console? Assumedly both. Both. Okay. I will check that for you right now. No Someone idea. else vamp. No idea. All right, so you can read that review now on the website. Let's go to the Game Awards 2022 for Well Played. Actually, no, sorry. Before I do jump in, Jack wanted me to tell you this story. You might find it funny. You might not. I don't know. At work the other day, right, I was on my phone. I thought, right, I'm dying for for a piss, right? So I went to the bathroom and our bathrooms and our toilets are like on the shop floor, right? So you can literally just walk into them. Like, like they're right there. Where you can, then it's directly opposite the office. Anyway, so I've walked in and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm reading something on my phone, right? And I'm just in a real lazy mood. So I've just gone in there, closed the door behind me, pulled the pants all the way down. So they're like, you know, they're like on my ankles. I'm just kind of leaning back a little bit, reading my phone. The screen goes a bit dark because you know, I'm, you know, I'm trying to read something and like concentrate and I see the reflection of behind me and it's the door to the actual bathroom. So not only have I not locked the toilet door correctly, but I'm standing there bare ass, almost <laughs> like if, if, if anybody walks into the bathroom, customer, fucking store manager, they would just see me bloody cheeks. Just anyway, there you go. Who's That's this snack? Point. Yeah. Right. Um, snack Jackson. I, I panicked. Like instantly, um, I was just like, yeah. There you you're go. You, so, you're a brave man for telling us this story. How'd your panic manifest? You didn't like kick the door, did you? I was like, I was like, bloody door! Like, it's the door's fault. Um, all right, let's get into the let's get in. gaslighting the door. Yeah, it's not even going to segue out of that one. <laughs> all right, let's go to the game awards for well played. Woo, I'll, I'll get um in post. I'll get James to give us a sound effect for that. James, you got any sound effects? The official. Uh, I mean, this week my voice is is not feeling great. But well, no, that's not saying in post. So like you know, when your voice clears up, oh, you can make oh, a sound in post. Effect. I'm with you now. I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. I was like, do you want me to type a sound effect in the post? What is happening? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm back with you now. Yeah. Now we want some onomatopoeia. All right, let's kick things off. So, well, uh, for those listening, reading, if you're reading the article, well, you won't be listening if you're reading it. Um, but if you are listening, the way that it works is that we rank our favorite three games or choices of a particular category, sometimes uh, two. I'll, I'll explain. I'll say that when, I, when we get to the categories. Um, and you rank them from three to one. Uh, highest game gets the most votes and yeah, the votes are counted and then the winners are awarded. That's pretty much it. So the first category we'll go through is best performance. So <clears throat> this is the one that people just put literally names of, of, um, of actors and I had no idea like what game they were from, who they even played. I, I uh, was nice and I put the actual games in who they did, played. You did. It was very good. Most people actually did, but there were one or two people that did. Anyway, uh, Deborah Wilson from The Witch Queen. I'm not even going to try Savathon from The Witch Savathun. Queen. Savathun. Uh, one vote. 
my mate Guybrush, uh, Threepwood from Return to Monkey Island with one vote. That was done by Dominic Armato. Richard Schiff, who played Odin in God of War Ragnarok, one vote. Uh, Leia Delon Hayes uh, and and Grob, Grobada. Ang- Angaboda. Angaboda. <laughs> Angaboda. I mean, maybe I misspelled it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Angaboda. Right, right. that's, that's the next Mass Effect game. Settle the shit down. <laughs> uh, one vote. Uh, and then this person, Sunny Sujik. I think uh, he played Atreus. Atreus, yeah. Yeah, Atreus, yeah. yeah so this is the person I was saw. I was like, I don't even know who that is. Uh, and then I Googled the name and like nothing came up. So I had to like type, type game or something and it came up. Uh, two votes for here for him. Charlotta Molin from Immortality, uh, three votes. Manon Gage, Gage, uh, three votes. Hang on, I'm going to just put open this in a new window so I can see you guys while I'm doing this. Uh, what, what did I say? Three votes. Four votes. Man engaged. Three votes. For them. Uh, second place, Charlotte McBurney. Well, equal second. Uh, Charlotte, Charlotte McBurney, uh, who played Amicia in A Playtale. And the winner was Christopher Judge, who played Kratos. Part of you just There's thought a, of it, James? I, I, I expected this. <laughs> you just wait. You wait till we get into these a bit further. Does anyone want to give any call-outs to a best performance here? This was only two two votes, by the way. So we didn't I I, I will say I I voted highly on Christopher Judge because I love that performance, but Man Engage also highly deserving of praise. I will say that. Mm. Yeah, she's being robbed. <laughs> I mean, look, I've been thinking about this a fair bit. Um, <laughs> I I think what Man Engage does in Immortality is there's like so many layers to that thing because she's like. She is an actress playing an actress who is playing three different roles inside of these three different movies that are going on inside the game. All of those are uniquely convincing in their own right. And on top of that, you add the kind of like weird pseudo horror fear stuff that's going on inside Immortality as well. Um, And I just think you get this like incredibly layered um, and layered in a really genuine sense, like performance. Um, And I, I think Christopher Judge deserves his flowers for Kratos, but like that game is is a very sort of similar note the entire time for him. And he's very good at it. Um, but it's, it isn't, it's not the highs and the lows of Manon. Um, and I would also say, uh, Charlotta Mullen is the other sort of major star of immortality, which is really hard to talk about. Um, but just an immaculate performance, like it, incredible work. I rated her slightly above Manon in, in my voting because, you know, like, like I just said, Manon does amazing things, but there is something entirely alien about Charlotta's work here that it just, Ah, oh, so good. Breaks my heart that she didn't get more recognition. Jordan, I think you and I voted for uh, Charlotte Bernie from uh, Amicia. From a yeah, no, she's she's very good. For, you know, I, I, a part good. of why I liked her voice acting is uh, her her delivery made some of the shortcomings of a double A style animation mm. less less uh, prominent. Like it just it had so much more to overcome, and it did exactly that. Mm. Which is why I valued like her her work uh, so much more. Yeah, I thought she was fantastic. I think she's only twenty one, which is uh, yeah, yeah, wow, very cool. All right, so shout outs to and congrats to Chris Judge. I know he's a big fan of the podcast. He'll be listening. He'll fucking put this up, make this his ringtone or something. The next category was best soundtrack, and that was three votes. I don't have the other thing in front of me. You've you, you, you've you've got it there. Um, <clears throat> all right, I'm just gonna power through them. TMT, 
do that. TMNT, Shredder's Revenge, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Splatoon 3, Ollie Ollie World, all one vote. Monster Hunter Rise, Sunbreak, Cult of the Lamb, Immortality, A Memoir Blue, all two votes. Neon White, A Plague Tale, three votes. Metal Hellsinger, four votes. Sonic Frontiers, Damn. six votes. Yeah, all right. right. What? Yeah, all right. I get God it. God of though. War, Ragnarok, eight votes. Elden Ring, 12 votes. So winner is... Ah, oh, fucking... You. God. Yuka Kitamura Sukasa Satoi Shoi Miyawaza Yoshimi <laughs> Tay Who Tami voted for Saya. Elden Ring? Just, uh, just We'd to like make, to apologise for these pronunciations. Just to make Zach mate, read that I'm out. Doing my, okay, I've never seen these names before in my life. Give me a break. I love it He so insisted much. on these names too, by the way. I did, and I did, when I put it in there, true. I was I was like, it's going to be done by one dude, like surely. <laughs> and I was going to read out uh, both Sonic Frontiers and God of War Ragnarok, but Sonic Frontiers also has four names I'm going to just butcher. So shout out to them for doing a good job. Uh, congrats to Elden Ring there. Anybody got anything they want to say about the soundtracks? Any games I'm surprised Sonic Frontiers is up there. Like I put it in as my third choice um, because I, I loved the music in that game. I just mm. didn't expect a site-wide support for that opinion. Mm. No, that surprised me I, as well. I had a, a, a strong feeling I'd be the only one who would have voted Neon White because I think I'm the only person up until this month that's played it all year. I was mm. actually very surprised that you didn't vote for Memoir Blue. Look, that would have been up there, but I had to give credit to, because I gave it, it was three to Neon White, I gave two to Cold of the Lamb. I gave one to Elden Ring because Elden Ring's more subtle elements of its musical score, I think, helped raise that to a level that most of the other games couldn't reach. What I've found across these whole votes is there's clearly not enough people play to Plague Tale Requiem. <laughs> <laughs> you only Mate, gave us three like options. Only one per- give, give us ten <laughs> options, I would have voted for it. Mate, I don't have all that time to <laughs> process that many votes. Honestly, I actually tried to not put Elden Ring there, but Elden Ring was the only soundtrack that, like, when I quickly listened to it to refresh, it just gave me chills. Yeah, I was like, seem, there's no way cannot. I can't put this yeah. at the top. Yeah. If you, if like, you... even when we were in, uh, watching the Game Awards, like, when they showed that little snippet of the main theme, yeah. I was like, man, so good. And then they gave it to freaking God of War. All right, best sound design is up next. So we've got Evil West, Neon White, Signalis, Horizon Forbidden West, Destiny 2, The Witch Queen, and Gran Turismo 7, and Cult of the Lamb all on one vote. Multiverses, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, A Memoir Blue, Pentiment, all on two votes. Monster Hunter Rise, Sunbreak, Plague Tower, Requiem, Warhammer, 40,000, Dark Tide, three votes. Immortality, third place, six votes. And then you got God of War, Ragnarok, nine votes. Elden Ring, 15 votes, is the winner for best sound design. Congrats again to, to Elden Ring. Yay. Uh, any other deserved <laughs> I think it's deserved yeah. Yeah, look uh, all those people from before huge fans of, of the potty so they're, they're definitely they're pumped right now um, <laughs> anyone want to talk about sound design uh, I would love to talk about a memoir blue I don't know if, has anybody else apart from Mark played this I think it's I am like the only 90 one minutes long. it's maybe on not my list. an hour long maybe not even an hour long yeah it's very short long. Yeah. and it's amazing it's, um, it's, that, it's all music. The sound in that yeah, is, yeah. is very, very, very good. 
I think it's what, like 10 bucks? Is that uh, If that, or yeah. Or is that fake? Hmm. Uh, yeah, no, very, very good. Very um, emotive sound design that they do. Um, cool. Anybody else want to share? Adam, you want to talk, talk about why you voted for multiverses? You fuck with. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Nothing? I missed all of the, the last 30 seconds. I'm so sorry. Keep going. Keep Even going. Better. Yeah. Even better. <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to just talk about why you voted for Multiverses as best sound design? Yes, because I think they had an uphill battle of melding together a whole bunch of different IPs and making it sound convincing in one world. And I think they did a really admirable admirable job in doing so. And all of the, I agree. Not that it so really true. counts towards it, but all of oh, the performances yeah, were really great yeah, as well. Job, <laughs> Tasmanian internet. Well, we'll just uh, we'll do a little in interlude. Oh, oh, oh! He's back. He's back. I'm back again. Good points. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You'll be blown away really... when you listen to that back. <laughs> you really will. All right. Next up, best Aussie-made game. This was a two-voter because I knew that a lot of people probably didn't play that many Aussie-made games because you're all unpatriotic. But, you really uh, should. Wildflowers, one vote. Justice Sucks, Tactical Vacuum Action, two votes. Corpse Party, two votes, which I forgot was even even Australian. That's that visual novel that you absolutely frothed, wasn't it? You are correct, my friend. I am correct. Second place, Wayward Strand on eight votes. Cold of the Lamb is the winner on 12 votes. Congrats. Yay. Uh Anybody want to talk about any Aussie-made games that they played this year? Melbourne-made games. Go, Mark. No, no one. Cool. cool. Oh, I thought I thought Mark was going to wait until they were cold of the week. No, no, we no, no I was just going yep, games here. Yeah, honestly, I'll, I'll, I will praise Cold of the Lamb at any moment Give at me any opportunity. 30 so. seconds. Give me 30 seconds. Actually, 30 no, don't. seconds? I don't, I don't want to hear it right now. Tell me later. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll suck that back in and hold it on. I'll hold on to it. There's a reason why I'm, I've, I've, I've uh, parked that. Right. Oh, so right. oh, hello. Next up is best game design. Wayward Strand, which I voted for. Yeah, it's uh, a good choice. Fortnite, Horizon Forbidden West, Guild Wars Two, End of Dragons, one vote. How, actually, God damn, sorry, God damn, Jordan. And nobody saves the world is also one vote, but I must have left it up in the in the middle there. Sorry, uh, oh, Destiny Two, Witch Queen Two, Immortality, Tunic, Triangle Strategy. Did I say that right? Yeah, uh, Neon White, all on two votes. Brock the Investigator, three votes. Evil West, four votes. Third place, Sifu, five votes. Second place. God of Don't War, Ragnarok, it. 11 votes. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. First place, Elden Ring, 20 votes. Yeah, boys. Yeah, boy. Um, and now I want to call out Kieran Stockton here because he, poor poor guy, spends more time editing than playing. But he played Elden Ring and he is pretty much the only person who <laughs> did not vote for Elden Ring in this category. In fact, he only voted for one game. Oof. And I was like, mate, you on? Was it Fortnite? Tracks, mate. Wait, what was the one game? <laughs> God of War. Oh, uh, no. Um, that, that I'm going to have big disagreements with that one. I was like, I was like, you, you played 
Elden Ring. And he's like, you know what I played? Just put in the votes that you think I would have. <laughs> <laughs> that checks out. Um, he is very. That, that's actually very true. I could. I could. I should have probably just done his um, his answers for him. Is that how All Resident right. Evil Two won? That is not how <laughs> Resident Evil Two won on its own merits. That game was fantastic. Resident Evil Village. Yeah. Power of the people, my friend. Yeah, that's right. the power of the weight. All right. A, a lot of people voted for that game. May not have been everyone's first choice, but sheer will, just like Ethan Winters, the sheer will pushed it through to the top. Anyway, uh, Jordan, tell me why Elden Elden Ring won the Game Design Award, please. Um, Elden Ring's game design is very special that if you look at it in a cursory glance, it's nothing to write home about. But the second you go past that surface, it is quite nuanced in its game design and it, it leverages both um, like all, not even both, like all, all factors of design, whether it be level, uh, just, you know, general world design, sound design to, to kind of circumvent the, the normal trappings of an open world. Uh, the, the best example is its level design in the way that it's like, its environments are so aggressively like jagged that it hides a lot of its secrets. So then it encourages you to explore naturally rather than put a bunch of question marks on a map. Like, <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it's, uh. Like it, it allows such a, a natural flow of exploration and progression that just no other open world games can really do outside of like maybe Breath of the Wild. Okay. Anybody else want to jump in and chime in, add to that? Because I know that uh, pretty much everyone. Shout out to it. shout out to the people who voted Sifu as well. Because I yeah. think that game it gets underrated uh, with a lot of these votes that probably won't show up very often in all the other websites and publications. But that game design was spot on. Fuck oath. Seafood deserves more flowers than it'll probably get, but I'll champion it with you, Mark. I'm with you. Seafood is a weird one. I think it's both um, wonderful because of its game design, but it also falls victim to its game design because it's so set in its ways that it doesn't make it that approachable for a lot of people. Oh, no. I think funnily a lot of enough, people probably bounced off. Funnily enough, though, it has been yeah, patched yeah, over the last Ring is hard six months well, now. So. Yeah, it's been patched a lot in the last six months where it is way more accessible. Very true, yeah. I do want to say on the topic of approachability and accessibility. So like from software still has a long way to go with uh, accessibility that um, mm. they're, they're not amazing at it at the moment. Um, approachability, I would argue Elden Ring is the most approachable game they've ever made. Yeah. Um, there are so many different combat options and they give you so many different tools to make the game easier for yourself. Um, it feels like this is the one they want people to be able to play the most um, without actually touching the, the issue of accessibility. So yeah. like, I don't want to give them too much praise because I understand there's a lot of people out there that, like accessibility is a massive issue and it should be um but in terms of approachability i think one of the reason i voted for it is um for game design was just because it is very good at letting you play it i, I think it's also interesting that uh their their most approachable game is as good as it is on the back of their other masterpiece being their least approachable game in sekiro totally yeah i only have a quick shout out to brock the investigator because that mixed uh, beat em up with point and, point and click adventure. Your two favorites. My two, pretty much my two favorites. Um, and that just, it just worked. It just worked very well. I thought that was a very okay. clever it choice. Just works. To, um, Are you Todd Howard? It just works. It just, what can <laughs> I say? Um, so yeah, that, that, that game was very cool. It's uh, design. Anybody else for uh, game design before we move on? Uh, Elden Ring, yeah, look, approachability is a big mimic tier out of 10. So, 
but you won't you won't understand what that means. But um, if Black you if you tish did, in. <laughs> yeah, if you Real come in, hot. if if you come in out of the wild and play uh, Elden Ring and you've not played a From game before, and you can just make it to the point where you start picking up AI companions, all of a sudden that game turns inside out, and you've got this guide to effectively hold your hand if you want a solo experience. Um, even the multiplayer was still quite generous. So, but it's still going to require a tremendous amount of patience at the end of the day. So, sorry if you missed out on Elden Ring this year. If it's not your cup of tea. That's me. Yeah. That's that's understandable. I just don't have the time to be... I get my ass kicked right. during the day. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. What if no. you have the bathroom door open while you play Elden Ring? That's it. <laughs> that's, well, that, that's how it feels like. That's what I feel. I feel exposed. <laughs> When I play Elden Ring, that anybody could just come up on me and <laughs> ravish me. All right. So next one is best art style. Uh, so we've got Triangle Strategy, Stray, New Tales from the Borderlands, one vote. Tunic, Trader, Tunic, Trek to Yomi, Pokemon Legends, Arceus. 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 Beacon Pines, Wayward Strand, 20 Minutes Till Dawn, Signalis, Scorn, two votes. Sifu, Immortality, Cold Lamb, Card Shark, three votes. Third place, Neon White, four votes. Second place, Pentiment. Yeah, votes. boy, I knew it was coming. First place, Elden Ring, nine votes. She's all I'm good. I'm disappointed that fucking Elden Ring won this because I, yeah, I was really hoping that Pentiment would win. Um, I think first, second, third, I'm, uh, you that's, know. That's a top, that's a top three that I'm proud of. Yeah. Yeah. Nathan, you gave Pentiment a mean? 10, your first and only 10. My apologies, James. Carry on. You're good. Um, I want to hear why, why you voted for that game as number one. Hmm. So I think there's two answers to this. So for the layman, uh, this is a game that's clearly stylized on like medieval art. It's immediately evocative of that. And it quite, you, you spend the game as a kind of late period medieval artist. And in that the game not only wants to demonstrate art as a form of communication, but art really becomes a part of every element of this game, not just the vocation of the character, but also in the story that unfolds over the generations. I'm not being esoteric. This is a very central theme and active part or mechanic of this game. So although you aren't directly creating any art, the mystery that you're solving is going to be related to, you know, art in some sense. And we're talking art in the literal sense as well. Um, you know, paintings and the like. Uh, but the second answer is this is quite a well-researched and well-produced art style that has, again, like if we're talking about medieval, this is using stylized woodcuts of the time of that late medieval period just before we enter into sort of that early industrial period. So this is a very well-researched, very accurate um, depiction of these kinds of medieval woodcuts that are then animated and brought to life in a way that gives these characters extra personality. These are characters that you can absolutely laugh with. You will feel saddened by emotional gut punches that are conveyed by the uh just, just the very specific ways that these characters are animated in using this 
kind of style that we've never really seen animated a whole heap before. There's been a couple of examples, but this is still kind of uncharted territory. I haven't played, like I guess the similar one would be Procession to Calvary, I think was the title. It's sort of, it's not, mm. it's not medieval, it's a, it's more classical, but even then, like we're talking a dated historical artifact brought to life through animation. I think Pentiment did it flawlessly. And it's in a book, like it, it takes place in a book. In a book. Um, like Which is, is even exactly that's what I'm talking so about. This is my yeah frustration with uh, Elden Ring winning. Like Elden Ring looks good and everything, but I feel like this is as an art style. This is clear, clear and cut easily. And maybe you mm. know, maybe you have a have an argument for art direction, uh, Jordan. But um, I think art style, uh, Pentiment, is. I, no, I would but agree. It's I, a bit of a David versus Goliath, and it's yeah. very impressive that Pentiment can go up against Elden Ring in I'd this category. Yeah, I mean, look, had had I actually played Pentiment, I probably would have voted for it, but I anyway. felt like it would have been a bit disingenuous to throw a vote there if I hadn't played the game myself. Well, I feel like if you've seen it, though, I feel like if you've seen and if you've seen, it, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I've barely seen it. All I saw was the announcement, pretty much. That's good enough. That, that That's a good announcement maybe, trailer. Maybe I'll make uh, some more criteria. If you've seen it, if you've watched the announcement trailer for it, it counts. The You've Seen It <laughs> Award. Um, Love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So congrats to Elden Ring again for that one. All right. Narrative of... Wait, does anybody else want to talk about any art styles while we're here? I have two questions. A, sure. Super quick. Go for one, it. does that mean nobody no voted for Ragnarok here? Nobody voted for Ragnarok. Art style? No, I didn't. Boys. The lads. Do you feel you can't clutch. see James light up right now? Look, no, that's cool. That's fine. Um, I, I do just want to give I a quick... It, but it would have only been one oh, person. That's fine. Let's pretend it didn't happen. It's yeah. all good. I'm pretty sure um, Signalis, I think, deserves a, a shout out here just for overall style, art direction, tone, combination of camera and, and graphics. It's, it's mwah, beautiful. That's all. Just wanted to say that. Uh, I agree next to Pentiment. This, this too is flawless. Flawless. The other who one voted, that who, who I voted for, for um, Strand, which I think is is a is a very mm. beautiful art style as well. Yeah, and just who, that, who voted for uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, by the way? Me, I actually like. I don't oh. think it's graphically good, but oh, the style does a good job at conveying its world. Okay, yeah. all right. Oh, that's no, the I one that's set. Fair, like, that's a fair description. In the way back in the time, past. Yeah. Past. yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right. My favorite Pokemon game this year. All right, <laughs> narrative so of the year. Pokemon Legends Arceus, Arceus, fuck, I can't remember, <laughs> uh, Sig- Signalis the Quarry, New Tales from the Borderlands, Return to Monkey Island, Cult of the Lamb, Wayward Strand, one vote each. Gerda, A Flame in the Water, Horizon Forbidden West, two votes. Citizen Sleeper, three, uh, and Pentiment, three votes. As Dusk Falls, four votes. Immortality, fourth place, five votes. Second place, uh, third place, A Plague Tale Requiem, six votes. Second place, Elden Ring, 11 votes. First place, God of War Ragnarok. I've never seen someone get so mad about something... <laughs> coming in first it's unreal could you illustrate yeah. that for our listeners you um uh, james's head just burst into flames 
<laughs> flames, flames coming out of the side of my face. <laughs> I just want to make it known no. that every single Horizon Forbidden West vote came from the same person. Nobody else voted for that game, which I was surprised about, I think, at first. But then mm. I thought back and I was like, hmm. I don't think, not. yeah, I don't think we have too many Horizon lovers on on in the, I, in the I, play towers. I enjoyed well, it. Now has gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed Horizon, but it, it didn't make any of my lists. All right. Anybody want to give any narratives a shout out here? I chucked in the quarry. Mine, mine was the one, you the did. one vote for the quarry, and I fucking stand by it because it's a schlocky, like B grade horror yeah. narrative, but it's told in a really fun and entertaining and engaging way, and I had a, a really good time with it. So I think it's it very good. Time. I would agree with that. I mean, for I'll expose myself. I was the the vote for Pokemon Legends, but I only did that because as a as a big <laughs> Pokemon fan, uh, a lot of its writing was actually quite nuanced and had quite some cool callbacks to the original Gen 4 games, which I appreciated a lot. Nice. Uh, I do have two, so I... two quick shout-outs for it. Uh, Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. The extra content mm. they added to that is mesmerizing in terms of its narrative threads. Uh, and we are, we are OFK, I wanted to give a shout-out to as well, which I should have done for best soundtrack as well. Uh, underrated. I love that game as well. <laughs> no, that, that is a good soundtrack. I was actually listening yeah. to that the other day. Good... Uh, Good. Have you gone back and wasn't there another episode they released, or did I make that up? They uh, they released a Christmas song. I know that much. Right, right. Yeah, which is also quite awesome. uh, quite catchy. So yeah, no, uh, good narrative on that as well. Really good um, uh, character dynamics in that one. I'm annoyed at Nathan for this category because it exposes his lack of not playing Return to Monkey Island. So it does, it does indeed. Because <laughs> that yeah. that ending is is very nice. Like I. I think I originally was kind of a bit, eh, how do I feel about yeah, it? But I remember I think you being kind of iffy on it. Yeah. But now, but having thought about it, I think it's actually quite a nice way to Zach. end that game. I, yeah. I, I would have, have liked to, ask... to squeeze that into the category, but haven't played it this year, sadly. Zach, are you and I the only people that voted for a Plague Tale in there? We are the only people that voted for a Plague Tale, right? That's what I'm saying. Because I, these... I knew it was a three from you. So I was like, mate. Yeah, it was just us two. 100%, but we'll talk about that very soon. Uh, the other one I get voted for was actually As Dusk Falls. So yeah, KS and I voted for that. And I nearly was going to vote for that for best game design because the way that uh, that multiplayer aspect work was very cool and that story was quite quite engaging. Like I was like, this is going to be fucking shit playing on my phone. But it was actually, I, like I was pretty engaged with uh, what was going on. That's another one I'm disappointed to have not squeezed in this year. I'll forgive you. All right. Um, Shout-outs to God of War there. Best multiplayer live service game. This category upsets me. It's time One for James and I to agree on something. This is a, yeah. a two-voter. So, yeah, so everything else that I've said is three votes. I'll let you know what the, what the uh, two voters are if you haven't picked that up already. Deep Rock Galactic Dead by Daylight. One vote. GTFO. Splatoon 3, TMNT, bleh, Shredder's Revenge, Elder Scrolls Online, two votes. Guild Wars 3, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, three votes. Final Fantasy 14, four votes. Second place, Fortnite, five votes. Yeah, boys. 
Destiny didn't seven. vote for it, deserves it. Destiny 7. Destiny 7. <laughs> Destiny 2. Wow, we're announcing lots of things here. Um, Guild Wars 3, Destiny 7. Des- oh, sorry. Guild Wars 2, 3 votes. Uh, <laughs> Destiny 7. Se- <laughs> fuck me. Destiny 2, 7 votes. So, congrats. I was really expecting someone else to vote for GTFO. Yeah, I feel a bit disappointed that I didn't. So I haven't played it, so, it, you know. I thought, that one I slipped thought, me. I thought me and Nathan would be on or something there. We had I think a, we could have carried that. We could have. the team down. Uh, I thought Jordan Exceptional game. I really thought Jordan I, I would have. My only the problem with it is... Red Rocket is it's going hard about soloing the entire thing. That, that, that's the problem. Solo in a multiplayer game. But my, my problem with it really is it's quite difficult to get it going without a group, even though there is matchmaking. Um, it's not it's quite, quite as approachable to... to, with a group. to, to um. Yeah, it's quite difficult to just pick up in the same capacity that you can, like, with Destiny 2 or with Fortnite and stuff like that. That's why they've got to bring it to fucking PlayStation, mate. I'll be on that game every night. I, I, cool I would be interested to see it hit yeah. console, but it'd be really difficult because the terminal stuff is very integral to it. Just use your phone, bro. That, I don't no. even use <laughs> my actual keyboard. Have, do you guys have I'm phones? telling you, if, okay, the only way that they could conceivably do it properly is if they do cross-play so then you just go to some PC player you type in the shit because there are moments where you have to quickly type in commands and you cannot do that uh, just press keyboard. X fucking fuck it or talk talk into the mic isn't that what it's there for <laughs> slash orange key slash whatever it is alright um, now, now you talk in accessibility settings accessibility. congrats to Destiny 2 there for the 7 votes well done we move on indie game well, hang on, sorry, does it, anybody want to talk about anything else that's multiplayer? Oh, I'm just service? glad that Destiny won something for once. I think it wins. I think it won it last year, Jordan. Oh, did it? Didn't it? I don't know. Why, why are you asking? Why are you asking me? Last year, I was in my lol of the game is. No, 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 um, no. That the, the previous <laughs> expansion, I was like, Destiny Two is dog shit. But uh, Which yeah, this expansion has been back. Yeah. yeah, because Beyond Light was from awful. dog Beyond shit was to goatee, mate. That's what it is. Uh, all right, <laughs> that's indie, indie game of the year. Wildflowers, Sultan Sacrifice, Corpus Party, Ollie World, Ollie Ollie World, one vote. Siffy, you also might remember that. No, that game is Sifu, but I've made a typo. Return to Monkey Island. Look just, at Adam's face. Nah, hold, just hold, hit, the, hit the fucking brakes. Ollie Ollie World getting one vote. Mark, did you not vote for Ollie Ollie World? I, there was too many other indie no. games. It's oh so many God. indie games you. this year I could have voted. He for. didn't. Oh I didn't vote for Ollie Ollie World. I'm sorry. Um, all right, sorry. You and Multiverses and the quarry <laughs> mate can go hang out. So then you got Sifu, <laughs> Re- Return to Monkey Island, Jesus, Jesus, Justice Sucks, Tactical Vacuum. That's a political sucks. statement and a half. Oh, yes. Tunic, Neon White, two votes. Brock the Investigator, Wayward Strand, Norco, Beacons Pines, Beacons Pines? Beacon Pines, Midnight Flight two. Express, three votes. Immortality, Signalis, and Stray, all equal second, five votes. Cult of the Lamb, Indie Game of the Year winner. Hey! There it is. Please, Mark, tell me tell me about Cult of the Lamb. I'm happy now. Uh, dude, th- so to preface it... No, wait. Uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna save it for... The, for okay, we're going to save it for the last. Okay, oh, cool. No, I'm, I'm saving it again. Bring it back, bring it back. I'm not going to blue ball him again. <laughs> Go for it. The floor is yours. Oh, thank you. No, I was going to preface it by saying I, I played about 
60, 70 hours of Hades at the start of the year. And there was no other game I thought that could challenge that in terms of something that could be as enjoyable, as engaging, as clever, as humorous. And then Cult of the Lamb comes along and it's like, oh, fuck, there is another game that could challenge Hades for it. Um, it's just so well designed. It's so creative. It's fun. Uh, the fact that you have your little cult to look after after every run you do. It gives you something else to look after, to, to run it. You can be as evil as you want to be, as, as good as you want to be. And you still get a, a sense of accomplishment out of that. Uh, it, it's the only game I've ever, in the 14, 15 years I've been reviewing video games, I've given us a perfect score for. Uh, if I had reviewed Hades, I probably would have got a perfect score as well, honestly, but I obviously didn't review that. But uh, it, it richly deserved... Uh, I think it's right up there with Hollow Knight and Untitled Goose Game is probably the greatest Australian video games ever made. Uh, mm -hmm. And I will tap that to high heaven. <clears throat> Big praise. Big Phenomenal. Praise. Any other indie indie people want to talk? It's a shame that Cult so, of the Lamb came out the same year that Tunic and Neon White came out because those two games are also fantastic. There you go. Yeah, it's a real shame. Because now <laughs> Look, if... <laughs> If Immortality or Signalis were going to come second, thank God they came second together because those two games blew me away. But um, I, I actually think, yeah, S Signalis was a game that I hope more people will play in 2023 because I think it, it, it did come out quite late in 2022. Um, I do think it is the best survival horror game I've played this year and it's just from a small team of like two German devs or something like that I think it's been in development since like 2014 it's I, I don't know I don't really have enough superlatives for it I was just I had a big grin on my face for the full 10 hours or so it took to clock it it's pretty special it's a lot of fun I think I might give it a crack next year maybe uh, if we're talking if you like classic survival horror yeah if we're talking small development teams, Midnight Fight Express should definitely get a, a little tip of the hat because that was one guy Ooh. that literally put together the entire project and it's an incredibly engaging little brawler that I had an absolute blast with. So if you if you like beat-em-ups or if you jumped into Sifu and enjoyed that, Midnight Fight Express should be your next stop. It's a good time. I've started Midnight Fight Express and I liked what I played. Yeah, it's a banger. Um, anybody else so just for reference i think this is going to be the last year that we actually include indie devs that aren't really indie devs or sorry let me rephrase that games that come from indie publishers that aren't really probably indie publishers in the Devolver. true sense of the word like Devolver, Annapurna, yeah you're raw yeah you're raw furies annapurnas fail so sony's <laughs> Because I feel like, yeah, I feel like a lot of these smaller games um, don't really get their own category to shine. They're kind of, mm. so yeah, that's that. why, you know, for me, I voted for Brock the Investigator with, you know, with my three votes. And that was my uh, third favorite game of the year. So, um, and that was one, that one French person. One oh, French nice. dev. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you think we could probably like reclassify these like, the games you're talking about, like the Annapurnas, the, the Devolvers, mm. like are they sort of the double A development industry now? Is that sort of where we're at? 
I don't know. Like it's it's tough because you think of AA and you think of like Focus Home or Focus, sorry, Focus Entertainment. You think of European development. <laughs> yeah. It's just single A. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you'd... But, what a bit of, but just called it like self-published? But then you mean for... Yeah, well, I don't know. Look, we've got a whole year to think about that. So let's just... Um... Lord knows we will only but think yes, about I, I think, it. I think like the week have, before we put the list up. I think we will have to re categorize those games because again like they're going to get shit on by the triple a game so you know um yeah no yeah so brock the investigator one person 90s cartoon art style which i actually didn't even vote for in the end shout outs to me um but yeah and the point click beat him up very cool very cool game i gave that a nine and it's coming to xbox next year i think so i do hope more more people check that out all right game of the year um, now for the ref, for the record, people who are listening, remasters and remake. So remasters weren't considered for this category. Remakes are considered on a case by case basis. The last was part one is not count is not uh, eligible for this for this category. So it doesn't charge enough money for it. Doesn't charge enough money. Uh, anyway, game game of the year. Brock the Investigator, Sifu, Tunic, Sonic Frontiers, Pokemon Legends, Arceus, whatever it is, Jordan, uh, one vote. Pentiment, Neon White, Evil West, Horizon Forbidden West, two votes. Signalis, three votes. Immortality, five votes. A Plague Tale Requiem, five votes. Third place. And then this gets real tight. This is this is just how we like it. Here it well played. Cold of the Lamb, six votes. Third place. Second place on seven votes. God of War Ragnarok. Yes. On first place on 19 votes is <laughs> Elden Ring. Oh, the big boy. Damn. So it crapped on everyone. I know that in the, in the past couple of years it's been real tight. At the top, like maybe one or two votes separating. But yeah, Elden Ring is a clear winner. I mean, it's won pretty much three quarters of the awards tonight. So congrats to From Software. I know they're, yeah, huge fans. Um, that checks in the mail. So they, they got the fake Jeff Keighley Game Awards and they get the real one with us. Yeah, That's right. it, mate. Um, mm. you know, I'm sure someone's listening back to this, translating it to them, and they're fucking loving that. Hang on, there's a little kid at my window. He's like trying to break in. He's <laughs> talking something about Bill Clinton. Fuck off. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's no, gone now. Well done. It was, yeah, very clear that this was going to be a big, big boy at the end of the year and it's swept up. So they've done a very, very good job. I haven't played it enough to, uh, but it was fun uh, what I played. I just need a lot more time and a lot more patience and skill. And lives, and health. So I think you just summarised my uh, experience with it as well. <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk about our actual games of the year. Um, maybe one or two, if you want to quickly talk them, talk about them, because I think I've tried to make sure we've kind of spoke about them as we kind of go. Uh, Jordan, we've already spoken about uh, Elden Ring. What else did you vote for that you want to quickly discuss? Uh, so I can order, I can just discuss them in a broad term, that which is why I gave them more votes. So I had 
Pokemon Legends Arceus, uh, A Plague Tale Requiem, and Elden Ring. And the reason why I really gave him is uh, gave him those votes is they were all ambitious in their own sense and had like big scale. Pokemon Legends Arceus is a big departure for the series, and while it wasn't perfect, it did quite a good job at translating similar things that we're used to into a newer format, uh, and it, it changed it up quite a bit, and a lot of those positive changes got brought into uh, Scarlet and Violet. Uh, a Plague Tale Requiem, uh, just the sheer scale of that story, like, the game knows that you expect what's happening and still ups the ante beyond that, um, you know, in a way that you just, like, I wish God of War would, but, you know. Um, and then Elden Ring, I don't think we have enough time for me to really go on about why Elden Ring is so significant, but it's just, like, it's very good. Is it better than Bloodborne? I think it's di- unfair to compare them. <laughs> Cop right, out. Cop out answer. Dodge, um, dodge your bullet there. Yeah. <laughs> James. Mm. James, James, James. Hey, buddy. Talk to us. How do you feel? Uh, look, you know, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, my my third choice for Game of the Year is Signalis. Um, you know, just to piggyback on everything Nathan said before, it is just a fantastic little horror game. Um, two people, like we said before, it is, it's firing on all cylinders in such interesting stylistic ways. It's very cinematically inspired. Um, it, it's just great. It, I think everyone should play it. I mean, it's a relatively approachable survival horror as well. Um, I, I think that there are ways that it can get harder, bump the difficulty down, just enjoy the vibes of the story. Um, cause it is also beyond like it's aesthetic inspiration points. Like it's a very political, very gendered story uh, that I think has a fair bit to say in a space that doesn't usually deal with mature writing very well. Um, so yeah, that's that. Uh, I'm, I guess it's like a joke that I'm like the FromSoft fan here in the same way that Jordan is. Um, so like Elden Ring coming in second for me this year, I think should tell you everything it needs to about what came in first. Um, but Elden Ring is fantastic. It's, it's, pretty much perfect it's a great little open world thing um but yeah immortality is is my game of the year um by a by a a country mile let's say um i think that thing is perfect um it's a a wholly unique experience for a video game like literally changes things about the genre and the way you engage with it and, and what we do with interactive fiction um perfect performances there are three movies that exist in there somehow um, it's just, yeah, it, it's fantastic. I've been talking about it all year. It's hard for me to f- sort of find new ways to, um, scream about immortality, but uh, I really hope that more people get a chance to play it next year and sort of see what I've, I've been seeing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's on Game Pass. It, it is, is. Yeah. Is. It is on Game Pass. Yeah. Yes. Netflix. So if you need yes, a, Netflix, uh, I think it's coming to PlayStation next year sometime as well. Um, so yeah, if you need an excuse to, uh, not pay for it, uh, if you got Game Pass, then you got no excuse. So uh, go play it, James says. Through me. Adam. Hello. You look upset. Nah, mate. I'm just upset that my, my internet keeps shit in the bed. Um, I won't talk I won't talk about Elden Ring anymore. That was my number two Please of that. the year because we've all heard a lot about how great Elden Ring is. Um, Sifu was my bronze award winner. Um Back in February, I couldn't go through any conversation in talking about games without mentioning how much I loved Sifu. Um, the basic to start with and then complex to end on combat is fantastic. Like it starts 
very simply with kicks, punches, that's about it. And it just grows over time um, mixed in with the, the excellent aging mechanic that has that's you very cool. grow. Yeah. has you growing in power, but um, you know, weakening you. So you've got a smaller health bar. So it, it forces you to play differently as, as time wears on. It's got an incredible aesthetic. I think the art design is fantastic. It's very simplistic, but very bold. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I don't think I've had a better experience with a game this year than finally understanding the level and going through it without dying or aging once, like just perfecting a level and being able to go from start to finish without like maybe getting hit a few times, but not actually aging was just, yeah, absolutely top tier. Um, and my game of the year, which I'm definitely the, the odd man out is, is God of War Ragnarok. I, I really enjoyed it. It was 2018 was a fantastic game and I wanted more of, I wanted more of that. Like I was left wanting more in 2018 playing it. So the iterate rather than innovate definitely worked for me. I know it didn't for a lot of people. They were expecting another groundbreaking release, but I kind of just wanted the second part to that story. And that's what I got. The little tweaks to gameplay uh, did a lot for me. I really liked the the little shakeup with combat, especially with Atreus being a playable character. Um, and that narrative just really clicked for me. I know that a lot of other people it didn't hear, um, but it did for me. And seeing the, the wrap up of that part of Kratos's journey was, was satisfying in a, in a way that I was kind of expecting and glad that they, that they landed. So, yeah. Nice. Um, Mark, tell us yours. Uh, so obviously Call to the Lamb was my number one. Uh, I won't go on much more about that. Uh, number two was Neon White. Uh, it's probably the best first-person shooter I've played in quite a while. Uh, completely utterly addictive, fantastic audio, fantastic visual presentation, uh, clever storytelling. Uh, but just that that constant sort of wanting to go back and find another way of doing it and a faster way of doing it, just continually iterating over and over and over again all these different levels uh, and never feeling bored or necessarily frustrated by it, I think was uh, an excellent sort of overall package uh my one vote went to tunic uh, i said before how like it's a shame that neon white and tunic came out the same year as cold Lamb, god of war elden ring tunic kind of got overlooked because it came out so early off on in the year but if you're looking for uh, a zelda inspired game that kind of harks back to the old days of reading through a manual to discover how to figure things out instead of looking up on google or whatever wikipedia it's such a clever spin on that idea uh, I, I wish more games would do that because I think it's just very, very clever. But it's also almost like Elden Ring. It kind of ramps up in the difficulty towards the end as well, which was surprising, but also really rewarding when you complete those boss battles. So, um, But yeah, overall, like this year has been uh, fantastic. Like having such a, a mad variety of content from all of us, like Pentiment, Immortality, um, like there's so many games I could have voted for here. Like you mentioned Memoir Blue and stuff like that. So many fantastic games I could have voted for. And I think that just shows how strong this year has been.
Hej. So, got to retread some ground here, but uh, it was agonizing trying to decide what was going to get my, my one vote, and it did fall between Signalis and Immortality. Couldn't bring myself to give them both a spot on the poll here. So instead it went to Signalis, just purely because Signalis was the game that was my pleasure. It was the game that uh, I was excited about from start to finish. It didn't feel like it asked a whole lot of me, but it gave me a lot of what I did not expect. I, You know, it's got some heavy, like James briefly mentioned that, that it's quite cinematic. And I don't think you can really appreciate just how cinematic it is until you're hands-on with this thing, and it borrows a lot from things like Evangelion and stuff like that, and the way it portrays its, its uh, I want to call them cutscenes and some interactive sequences. It's quite a magical little game, but um, it was a pure pleasure rush for me to play that start to finish, whereas Immortality, still, still an absolute joy, but in the, there was a point towards the end where I was kind of on a bit of a loop cycle where I didn't really know where the game was going in it, I actually think it kind of chucked me off the wagon a little bit. So it wasn't didn't quite fit in the top three, but still remarkable. Pentiment, of course, I've talked about at length. I don't necessarily think it's the game that uh, the average listener needs to play, but I think the one that has, uh, the listener that has a bit of an interest in uh, European history is going to go a long way to appreciating this game. It sounds a bit reductive or maybe even a little redundant, but it is true. There is a... Uh, what would you call it, like a a boundary or, or, or a limit to the approachability of this game in terms of its appeal. So if you can broach that, if you can breach that rather, um, and you've got that interest in, in a, a medieval narrative that takes a lot of twists and turns and emotional gut punches that you don't expect the game rewards in spades. And of course, the obvious game that has gotten my most votes is Elden Ring. Um, I, I'm only going to say I'm going to say a couple of negatives on Elden Ring because obviously we can like wax lyrical about how wonderful it is. It is uh, it's not a perfect game. It's bloody brilliant. It's it does suffer in two things. I think that a listener that hasn't played the game may not, may need to be aware of. Uh, it's not like I, I have heard the criticism that it's not fairly balanced. Like you can wander from one area to another, and that you can feel like you're just locked into this momentous challenge that you weren't prepared for and it didn't really ease you into it particularly in the latter part of the game like the last third this happens a lot where it doesn't quite feel like maybe it was intentionally tested or or, or it was preparing you for some of that later part of the game so it can be quite demoralizing very very hard um, but the other thing is it's a very much a numbers game like if you're not aware of how to equip particular items and what the effects of certain things are you can simply build characters wrong like that's a thing that you can do yeah you can do the elon musk you can build a character that just fundamentally doesn't really work and there's that not really any systems built into the game that explicitly tells you that so if you you know if you felt a little bit burned on elden ring perhaps i can sympathize with you i feel like it's not entirely holding your hand in ways that are helpful and the fact that um, you, you can build effectively characters that don't work and the game doesn't quite tell you. Bit of a bummer. That, I just wanted to say that to leverage the fact that we're going to talk pretty high praise about the game and I'll probably back everything everyone else says. So I just wanted to temper it a little bit. I still think it absolutely was the game that rocked me the most in 2022, though. 
Solid. Uh, so for me, the one vote was Brock, the investigator, which I've already spoken about. Number two was actually Evil West because um, mm. that just gave me everything that I wanted from that. And I think that this is why I kind of voted for it in, in uh, game design too. I think it just sets out and achieves uh, – sorry, it achieves everything that it set out to sort of do is to give you that old school action, just no frills, just – go through and shoot a bunch of people in arenas. And it was just super fun. Um, I had tons of, yeah, tons of fun with it. And then three, it was a Plague Tale. I'm sure no one's surprised about that. But um, that's just er- everything that I like about video games. Um, amazing soundtrack from old mate Olivier. Uh, amazing performances. Um, story was crazy good. And even like the ending just, you, you could kind of feel it coming. You kind of had a feeling that the ending was coming, but it's still, you know, when you do get to it, you're like, far out. That's good. Um, but yeah. And I, you know, that's probably, you know, I won't answer that because that might be a little bit of a spoiler. But um, no, I thought, I thought in the way that they improved on, on the gameplay from the first one, mm. um, very much is as we spoke about when I talked about the review, but like a last of us light kind of thing, um, which, you know, I kind of like those kind of games and Amicia kind of go, goes a bit cray cray. And, um, but, uh, no, very, very, very good game. Astonishingly beautiful as well. Like uh, the amount of beauty that they squeeze out of a double a budget in this game is phenomenal. Um, and just like, everything like the performance and no, very good. Um, just a shame that nobody, no one else apart from Jordan played it and Mark, but Mark didn't vote for it. So he's dead to me. Uh, all right. <laughs> shall we move on to Sorry. let's go around the table very, very quickly and discuss, not discuss. We'll just uh, talk very, very quickly. 20 uh, seconds or so. Uh, the most, sorry, the game that disappointed you the most this year. So not the game that you hated the most. So I'm not going to say broken pieces. Fuck that game. But um, <laughs> just the game that disappointed you the most. So the game that you were, yeah, hoping was going to hit a certain bar but fell, fell short. I'll start because I'm already talking. Uh, mine was Martha is Dead. I was really hoping that this game would be a very cool take on World War II um, and like mental health and all that. Uh, I thought the premise was very exciting, um, had a lot of potential, but I gave it a four. I really didn't like that game. Um bogged down by just boring stuff that you had to do in the game and the story wasn't overly um that good and the um the gory or the graphical scenes in, in that game kind of felt just they were there for that sake not really for any other purpose um so yeah four out of ten disappointing jordan i'm gonna ruffle some feathers god of war ragnarok <laughs> now it's not that I don't like the game. I actually enjoyed it. What what disappointed me about it is it makes the the mistake of thinking bigger is better and the game is ostensibly much larger than 2018 and you feel it in the middle sections of the game where it just drags and the game constantly tries to push you into side content that means nothing and then because of that the pacing falls apart in the middle as well which just you know I, there were points where it's like should I just stop playing this? 
But like if I were to evaluate the game just on the first 20% and the last 20% of the game, I would say it's incredible. But that middle 60, I was struggling. And like I still enjoyed the game, but like there's just that middle portion just like it, it brought it all down for me, which was a bit of a bummer because I adored 2018. Adam? Hello. What's your rebuttal? No, no, no. That's that's fair. I, I really liked the the side content, but I'll I'll give you that it has some some pacing issues for sure, especially when when put side by side to twenty eighteen, which had I, yeah, much, much better pacing. So I, fair I, call. I think the the worst offender was you might know this this one in one NPC that just constantly tells you to go get the item whenever you walk past it. And it's like, mm. I'm not doing it. Yep. Please shut up. Yeah. Yep. One thing I've noticed, sorry, uh, this might've been spoken about when we talked about the game quite a few times, but they, the, the timer that is in that game that tells you where the game gives you like a hint of, Hey, you got to go and do this. Hey, yeah. oh, yep. look at that. Way too short. Yeah, even with the extended plus option, it still feels way yeah, too right. short. I don't know. I didn't like know there I was a time it. where I was making my way to a puzzle and the NPC had already been there and given me the hints before I even got to it. And mm. I was like, are you serious? Like I'm all for stuff like that in terms of accessibility because, you know, not everyone wants to do puzzles and stuff like that. That's completely okay. But don't make it so frustrating in a way that the game just tells you yeah, immediately. Like, absolutely. You know, I'm someone that enjoys that. And I have nothing against people that don't want to do that. But, you know, I still want to be able to enjoy that. And I just wasn't able to. Sad. Moving on. Adam, what was your most disappointing game of the year? Uh, it's Gotham Knights, isn't it? <laughs> I am. Um, so I had, there were a few waves with my hype towards Gotham Knights. I went from thinking, geez, this is going to be dog shit to, yeah, it looks okay. And then it got close to release and I was like, you know what? Fuck, they might actually land this. It looks like it's going to be pretty great. They've got untethered co-op, whatever the fuck that means. And all of the the villains actually look and sound like they're going to be interesting. So I went into it with higher expectations than I probably should. Um, and boy, oh boy, was I let down violently. Um, looking back at my review, I, the good is more or less all just aesthetic, like character designs and the open world that Gotham is like the, the open world you're presented with, which arguably is well built. Um, but just not, it's just not engaging. And the combat is fine. They ham fisted RPG mechanics in to artificially lengthen out the game. The story is boring as dog shit and the characters suck and it was just yeah it was a real letdown because they had something that could have been great in a in a co-op batman or dc game um but yeah it it fell under its own weight unfortunately to be fair you maintained your optimism pretty much throughout that when we were playing together i I was was with you so i felt that disappointment in real time yeah it it really it petered off like it started even when we were playing it it, my optimism started and continued quite well um and then it 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 gradually fell and then the last maybe like five hours that i played by myself i was sending you message updates where i was just like this game's fucking dog shit and i hate it and i don't want to play it anymore and I went through that too. No, I think I think the warning signs were there early yeah. on. I think particularly when we got the uh, La Vida Loca cover, I think that's when we knew it was starting to go yep. places we didn't want it to. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I was, it would have been great if it at least had an engaging story that was well written, but it just was so far from that. It was, yeah, really disappointing. I, I, I think, I think that was a case similar to Avengers in the sense that there were definitely like red flags and warning signs, but there was just enough to overlook it. And if you were one of the people that overlooked it, it slammed you. Yeah. Very unfortunate. Very, very unfortunate. Hmm. James, what was your most disappointing mm. game? Uh, Lego Skywalker no. Saga. Um, yeah, this uh, this one broke my heart a little bit because my relationship with Star Wars has obviously been a bit strained uh, of late, and I was like one hundred strained. It's borderline abusive, mate. But go hey, on. hey, 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 we don't, look, we don't. This was pre pre Andor, so it's a whole other world back then. Um, yeah, look, this thing, this thing looks incredible, and it still does look incredible. Like it, it's visually fantastic. It's it's a very nice representation of the films and whatnot. But just the moment to moment gameplay, they stripped everything back in service of this kind of like vaguely open quote unquote world. But it's just small hub environments that there was nothing to really do in. I didn't find any of the puzzles particularly engaging. I thought the sort of truncated versions of the stories were also quite uh, poorly constructed. I guess. Um, the, the co-op was clunky, combat was clunky. It just, on, on almost every level, except for aesthetics, this thing just like consistently kept letting me down and I got through Phantom Menace and I was like, I, I just don't like this game and I just haven't picked it up again since. And it really bummed me out. Hmm. Mark, what's your most disappointing game? Do you even play uh, that game in 2022? What? <laughs> 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 no, I'm just I'm just teasing you. Go on. What's your most disappointing game? Look, I mean, surprising absolutely no one, it's Babylon's Fall. Um, I think not only because it was... I mean, it, even going into it, I knew I wasn't expecting much. But the fact that it was as bad as it was for a Platinum Games game, in the same year they did Bayonetta 3 and ported near to Switch, both came out fantastic, and they did that... I think that's what disappoints me the most. Like they just have such a a solid track record. The, there's an expectation there of quality and and in many ways like good action sequences. To have a game like that be so bland and so high requirement for uh, online and obviously Square Enix had a major hand in its uh, construction and that kind of obviously played a big part in its results because clearly. That project was designed for mobile and it's been ported to console and it's just completely not a mess because of it. Um, yeah, that that's for me easily the most disappointing uh, of the year and it's unfortunate because I really like that studio so I was expecting more from them. You gave it a three. I gave it a three. How do you think Platinum's going to feel about that? That's I why Scalebound's not coming back now. Cause... They, they released Bayonetta 3, and that's a good 8, 9 out of 10. So, you know, they, they made up for it. They made up for it. Didn't get a single vote in the entire awards. No. Can't be that good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Nathan. Let's finish on yeah. a nice show. Look, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the honourable mention is uh, Made in Abyss for the... I can't even remember what the subtitle it was stupid anyway that's not going to be the most disappointing game I, I think I know what it is it's going to be Midnight Suns yep yeah I don't know like you probably maybe heard me in the lead up to that game I was quite enthused 
I think my expectations were a little bit off the mark. And that's something on me. I got the impression, maybe Adam can correct me, but when this game was marketed, I got the impression that this was kind of going to be a Marvel Knights type game. They were going back to early 2000s. It was going to take a somewhat dark attack. The only dark tack this game has is, as I said, the first arc, like the first narrative arc in the game's Abbey storyline is that you join a emo club, quote unquote. That's as dark as this game gets. This game is like very tongue in cheek, very silly. Some folks are going to love that. I, because I came in with the wrong impressions, was very, very salty. Uh, But at the end of the day, I feel like it was a mobile game. You know, it's a card battler in a very small arena with very repetitive mission design that usually just involves you smacking down waves upon waves upon waves of three different types of enemies for 50 hours or 25 hours. The other half of that spent doing menial bullshit in the Abbey where you're just talking to very poorly written versions of Marvel characters we know and love. So, I, yeah, as I said, this, this is a... I don't know who, who the blame is on, if it's 2K or me, if I misinterpreted the marketing. Uh, it's not a bad game. I was just disappointed. It wasn't what I had expected of it. You gave that a three, didn't you? Nah, I gave that a <laughs> six. Six? Yes, you did, did give, give it a that six. A yeah. six. Yeah. Not a bad game, but definitely left me cold. It did, it if did. We're doing... Oh, sorry. No, go, please. No, it's just I, I didn't realise we could do an honourable mention. Oh, of course um, you can. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I do just want to jump in with um, Scarlet and Violet. Uh, As follow-ups to Legends Arceus, I I was very disappointed in the, the, not the walking back because obviously there's co-development timelines going on here so they can't really learn from it, but to go from like Super Freedom Pokemon to open world but still old school Pokemon, bit of a disappointment, that's all. Nice. Well, congrats to all the winners, congrats to all the voters, congrats to the disappointments um been a good year for games as uh, i think mark said earlier lots of good games uh, plenty of games we could have talked about but we didn't so better luck next time all right let's go to the spreadsheet and see what's going on i closed it because oops um all right we've been going for nearly two hours so we will quickly whip through anything newsworthy here that you want to talk about we're not going to go through the game awards themselves because it's all about our game awards. Um, Death Stranding is getting a movie a- adaptation. Adam, you're excited. I am excited. Um, I mean, don't sound it. Okay, nah, never mind. Apparently, I'm not excited. Never mind. I'm excited. No, go on. Tell me. There you go. No, I'm excited. Um, the like the last cutscene of that game more or less is a fucking movie in itself. Um, and I'll be interested to see how they go about making a film out of death stranding, but by fuck, I am there for the ride. Absolutely. And also death stranding two is a thing which got announced at, uh, the game awards with a fucking fantastic trailer. So I'm, um, I'm eating well for, for Kojima weirdness. Nice. Uh, speaking of adaptations, God of War is getting a TV show on Prime. Amazon. Amazon. Yep. Amazon. Um, how do we feel about that? Keen, not keen. Don't really care. Curious. I'm curious. Yeah. 
like it's set in the the 2018 onwards mm. so Norse, Norse mythology so I'm curious to see how they translate the older narrative of Kratos into a TV show that a lot of people were coming in cold with probably mm. not because it's set in the cold universe obviously <laughs> so who are we hoping for Kratos Danny DeVito Danny DeVito <laughs> good choice yeah, strong choice. You'd Mark, have to back. You you'd have to. You'd have to back Christopher Judge, right? Yeah, it seems good. Why wouldn't you? Right? I'd like. Why to. wouldn't you? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So go for it. Go yeah. for it. And had the same. I can't kid tell if Adam's well. frozen or if he's thinking. <laughs> he's frozen. No, he's, he's he's thinking long and hard about life. Judge has got them TV yeah, chops. Well, Adam yeah. thaws out. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Oh. Surely no one. There he uh, goes. No one got my uh, Norse joke there. I uh, know I got it. I got it. Well, <laughs> give me something, please. I thought. Uh, Fortnite's ah. been. Epic's been fined. Unlucky. Um, <coughs> Eight hundred million for privacy violations for kids. Unlucky. I think. Um, kids. It, wasn't it kids? Adam has a great write-up about this on the website. Going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, uh, Marvel's Midnight, bleh, Marvel's Spider-Man 2 release window is being confirmed for spring 2023. Someone uh, slipped on the uh, send drafts button and fired out the release window, so they confirmed it. Uh, I think we kind of expected one big Sony game to come next year, at least. It's That's like, my most anticipated for next year, I reckon, at this point. Yeah, right. Outside of Zelda, obviously. Um. That's pretty much it for the news. I think that's, yeah, that pretty much sums up. Anything you want to talk uh-huh. about from the Game Awards? Sorry, no, he- I didn't. Hell yeah. Uh, Freaking Baldur's Gate 3, official release mm. date in August 2023. Oh, really? Keen oh, as hell. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. I missed that. Uh, and, you know, that Returnal PC port that I've been reporting on for ages is, uh, finally, you know, oh, yeah, that got the, a... the worst kept secret, but it is actually coming. And I got it, was it March? No, that was Last of Us. Uh, was Last yeah, of Us. I think, uh, I think uh, it's uh, March uh, as well. Right. Might be. Yeah. Uh, all I know is that they're saying you need 32 gigs of RAM, which seems like way more than you actually need. But you know, better, better take it down to the chop shop, Adam. Yeah, mate. My the way it's running at the moment, she'll fucking need it. But yeah, I think by and large, like the the game awards this year were <laughs> pretty great. I think. Yeah, we can we can see how it's running at the moment. <laughs> Just splice um, it in. We're probably talking over one another in the uh, in the recording, so this is going to be. Fucking uh, I, I like that his frames came back just enough so we can see the end of him rolling his eyes, and now it's frozen again. No, that's just me. I'm just frustrated. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that well, that joke won't work as well on a podcast, but that was great. Yeah. Right. Uh, Armored Core Six. Pfizer oh Rubicon. yes, Armored Core. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go. I, I tweeted about this at the time, but the idea that From Software makes their most, you know, popular and beloved game of all time, and then immediately is like, nah, fuck it, let's go back to making the obscure robot game. Like that is so exciting to me. It's my sure. my favorite not happy thing. To rest on that. Um, my favorite just, thing about all of that is, uh, you know, they've been interviewing uh, freaking Miyazaki. And they're like, oh, is it going to play like Elden Ring? He's like, no, is it going to play like any Souls like? No. What's it going to play like? And he just goes, Armored Core. Armored Core. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's his response. And I'm like, that's brilliant. <laughs> so yeah. 
Are those games hard? They are kind of. Yeah. Fiddly is a good word for it. Yeah, yeah. If if you've never seen it, Google uh, Armored Core Grip. Uh, People that play the game seriously hold their controllers back to front. Yeah. It is a very involved mech simulator. Um, and then, like, thematically, they've always been playing in the a similar sort of realm to the Soul stuff. And there was that leak from, I think it was earlier this year or late last year, that they were, they were doing some sort of, like, tone testing on if they were to bring in Souls elements. Uh, so I, I think this is going to be some sort of a vague open world-ish experience. Um, but beyond that, they have been out there pretty much confirming, like, no, we're making Armored Core. I think it's been directed by the Sekiro guy, um, which is fantastic Sekiro is a, a very alienating but wonderful game in its own right so he seems like a perfect match nice uh anything else from the game awards that people <laughs> um are keen on or were excited about from the announcements uh i mean the only obvious one for me is where the hell did hades 2 come from yeah, mm. I know, right? Especially for a developer that never does sequels. Yeah, that that's that was honestly the biggest shock of uh, the last couple of years for me in terms of announcements. I was not expecting that at all, but I am super down for it. Cool. Anybody get tickled from anything else? No. I like the look I mean, of Death the new too, focus Death Stranding too. Banshees? Don't nod and focus. There's a, there was a couple of oh, decent yeah. announcements across that entire, was it five hours? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Uh, well, yeah, we'll talk about games that we came for next year. Next year. So let's go to um, off topics, unless there's any other news that that's come, come through. No, that hasn't been. Very cool. All right. Last off topics for the year. Um, who's seen Avatar? Yeah. Nope. James? Is it good? I, I just, this is, I've never seen uh, James's face glow up right, like just as I did <laughs> just now with you mentioning Avatar. Is it just it's like, ah, it's my time. It's my baby. I, I tried to rewatch the first one on the weekend. <laughs> Couldn't do it? I, I stopped twice. Not because of anything explicitly bad about it i thought it was aggressively competent i just didn't hold me like it's very visually stunning but the moment to moment i don't know like okay. I, I i ended up dropping out halfway through i don't know if i'm going back so no it's long i think it's the length that killed me yeah, so right. over two and a half well, hours way of water is even longer so yeah. strap in three yeah. out three hours so, pretty much um, it's three, good, three good. Good movie. value oh, for your movie too, ticket. Yeah. Um, what do you think, James? You obviously quite enjoyed it. He hated it. Yeah, I mean, I, I did. I, I had a good time with it. You know, we talked about this when I went and saw the re-release, but I, I didn't think I liked Avatar until I saw that. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Um, and yeah, Way of Water is pretty much the exact same experience. Beautiful, technically very stunning. Beautiful. Uh, uh, very basic A to B storytelling, but James Cameron is a master of his craft. And so it works. Um, you know, he, he builds that world out really nicely. Uh, the water stuff is incredible to look at. Yeah. The high frame rate is... Sometimes it looks like a video game. Other times it looks like a dream. Uh, and those two things do collide pretty often. So that that's something you have to get used to. Um, and Sit in 3D? Look, it, it, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no point in Avatar if it's not in, in 3D. Um, 
There are also a fair few well-written critiques of this thing out there from uh, native people. So that is definitely something that you should uh, go and spend some time reading about as well. Because, uh, like, yeah, I can sit here and say I love the movie, but I'm also just a white dude. So, uh, you know, grain of salt. Okay. I also really enjoyed it. And I didn't feel like – I didn't feel the length. Um, no, It didn't not at feel all. like three hours and change. Um, yeah. I was pretty much engaged the whole entire time. Um, mm. And the opening, I don't know if this is going to be, I don't think this is a spoiler, but I like it's literally in the first three minutes of the film. But it, the opening part um, felt very Terminator 2. Mm. Um, like all the ships and. Yeah. Yeah. And the mechs. Yes. Uh, and, and the armor cores uh, felt very, <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I, I, I really did enjoy it. Um, I want to have a chat with you about what you think, where you think the third one's going to go. Uh, mm. Obviously, yeah, not here. Um, the seed bearer. Fun fact, says its name. I am. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize there's five of these things planned. I thought there was only three. Like I knew they'd yeah, filmed two apparently, and three. But yeah, so now I'm like, fuck, yeah. What's well, the point? Cameron has said like, hey, look, if if these start flopping and people don't want to see them anymore, like they've already filmed the majority of three anyway. It's kind of entering into yeah. post production now. Um, and three ends in such a way where you could effectively have like a trilogy. Uh, and then if they are continued to be sex successful, apparently four and five are where he's going to go like nuts with it. So um, I'm I'm intrigued. I want to see what old mates so, uh, what's what's he cooking. So are they all going to follow a 13 year release? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. So <laughs> Avatar 3 is due out in yeah. uh, 2024. Yeah. Um, tell you what, though, it's yeah. actually made me wow. excited mm. for the game because I feel like Pandora is just a beautiful, beautiful world. I would love to mm. explore. It's the, the Ubisoft world. one. Yeah. Right? yeah. Temp- temper your expectations because yeah. it's Ubisoft. Yeah, I know. I yeah. Mm. Um, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I also went and saw Violent Night uh, on Monday and I really enjoyed that. If you like Bad Sound, if you like John Wick these two things mixed together and and David Harbour uh, as Santa. Very fun. Very – it's a little bit slow. It does take a little bit to, to get into it. Um, there was one point because I made Anna come and watch it with me um, and she was like, oh, you know, it needs like needs like more action. I was like, mm, yeah, like has been a bit slow for, you know, for 20, 30 minutes now. But then it, then it just ramps up um, and there's some very brutal, very gory, amazing – kills in, in in this film so if you like dumb christmas films like die hard um you will like this i think probably this is this is shorter than after it's like two hours and a little bit or maybe just under two hours or maybe just over, i can't remember but I, I did i did feel that length like i felt like it was sort of dragging a little bit in that film um but i definitely really enjoyed it um i like yeah and David Harbour's great as Santa. So if you're, if you're a fan of the big boy, St. Nick, uh, worth a watch if you like those sorts of films. Anybody have any other any interest in that or not? Just me. I definitely want to watch it. Yeah, I just need to find the time. Yeah. James, not, not in your wheelhouse, mate? A bit blokey. Just, just for my taste. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, if, if I could appease you though, uh, I have continued my dark watch. Um, and, uh, that show is as good as you say it is. Like mm. it really is picking up quite a bit. Um, highly recommend. everyone should go watch yeah. it. 
Have you seen no, no, two? no. So I'm about to finish season one. I think yeah, I'm just cool. on episode eight. Right. Cool. Um, yes. So I've, I've seen some shit now, which cool. is... I see. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like that's very, just like the good. tip of the iceberg, really. Oh, uh, it like totally is, yeah. From memory, awesome. like it just goes... Season two just goes, you think this is weird? Fucking wait till you see this. Get a load of this. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah cool. Any, anybody got anything else that I've watched? I'm just on my anime bullshit, back on my anime bullshit, because uh, One Piece Odyssey is coming out in a few weeks now. So it's uh, surprising to think that we can actually be looking forward to the 2023 slate within weeks. Mm. Uh, now, a trailer did come out for that uh, today, day of recording, uh, Tuesday, and that's showing a significant scope for that game. That's covering story arcs right through the first at least 750 episodes. So if you're not that invested, I'd probably suggest maybe giving that trailer a skip if you are wanting to be spoiler averse. But me, I'm all I'm all in that to to cover that much narrative in a game. Like we're talking decades of narrative. I'm I'm salivating. I'm keen to see what this has got. So um, yeah, just nice. just on my anime bullshit, man. One Piece. Very cool. All right, you are the three. Are we signing off, or you got something to share? Uh, just quickly, has anyone else seen the trailer for Oppenheimer yet? No, but mm-hmm. I want to. Mm. Yeah, that looks pretty damn good. Tell us what you think, James. This is a trap. I'm not doing this. <laughs> what does it remind you of? <laughs> I Look, it made me want to buy a Mitsubishi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a stylish trailer. <laughs> it, it is stylish, yes. Hmm. Uh, James, mm. th- there's another film I want your uh, thoughts on as the uh, film buff, uh, but I've got the name. It's the the Banshee something, right? It's got uh, the Banshees of Inisherin. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It is on yeah. my list. I haven't okay. seen it yet. I Neither. have seen it. Yes, is it good? Is it good as? Do I want you it to be? so Martin McDonough films like you've seen in Bruges? I have. I love in Bruges, man. One of my probably top. Well, then you'll be fine. Top tens. And I don't really need to say more than that. I did say to, like, I, 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 I'll pat myself on the back. I consider it my favorite romantic comedy of the year. Make of that what you will. Yeah, right. Enjoy. Okay. Very cool. All right. Are we doing it? We're signing out 2022. Catch That's you the it. fuck later. Wrap it up. It's been a pleasure. It has. Well, to you guys, thank you for uh, being here and chatting. Anime bullshit, other bullshit. Just everything it's general bullshit. me for the past year. It's been been a pleasure to everyone who's tuned in, whether now at the start of the year, whatever. Uh, thank you. The support is very, very much appreciated. You are part of our little family. So I hope you all have a great Christmas, safe Christmas, eat lots, drink in moderation. Um, Go hard when you can, but make sure you are safe over the holiday period. And hope Santa, maybe not David Harbour Santa, but hopefully Santa comes through with the goods for you. And uh, we will see you next year for bigger and hopefully better things. On the podcast, that that is. The website ain't getting any better, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Until then. Merry Christmas to you too, lads. Thanks, Blokes. mate. And you. you too, buddy. Feliz Navidad. Happy holidays, everyone. Be, be no, thanks for your gardens, boss. It was a rough Bye year, back. but it was a good year with you guys. Oh. Yeah. Pleasure. And pleasure to see you all in person.
Yes. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful as well. Goodbye. Amen. This this outro is a mess. (laughs) Wishing you a very well played, Chris. Can I press stop now? Yeah. I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye.